Hello? Oh, hey, Mike. <laughs> Glad I caught you. Hey, say, I've been really affected by Edward's uh, awareness of his own, I guess, like, monsterness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've been working on an audiobook, like, sort of exploring those themes. Oh, well, interesting, because uh, I've just been doing the same with Macbeth, which I, I think hmm. dives into similar themes. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, sure. Why don't you play your Macbeth thing first, and then I'll play my thing? Oh, sure, sure. Okay, this is right after Macbeth sees the bloody body of his best friend, who he murdered, sitting at his dinner party. So let me uh, let me roll this. It will have blood, they say. Blood will have blood. Stones have been known to move and trees to speak. Augurs and understood relations have by maggot pies and chuffs and rooks brought forth the secretest man of blood. (laughs) What is the night? Almost at odds with morning. Which is which? How sayest thou that Macduff denies his person at our great bidding? Did you send to him, sir? I hear it, by the way. But I will send. I will tomorrow. And betimes I will to the weird sisters. More shall they speak, for now I am bent to know by the worst means the worst. For mine own good all causes shall give way. I am in blood, stepped in so far, that should I wait no more, returning were as tedious as go o'er. Strange things I have in head, that will to hand, which must be acted ere they may be scanned. You lack the season of all natures. Sleep. <laughs> Come, will to sleep. We are yet, but young indeed. So, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, garbage. Let me play my clip. It's directly from the book. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is Edward. Sh- sure. And I think it explores the monster mindset better than your, um, what was it, uh... It was Shakespeare's Macbeth. Macbeth, yes, right. Okay. Well, get ready for introspection. Uh, Here we go. Of course, the monster said politely. Three hundred and seventy-two pages. We'll never get back, if only, right, Connor? Yeah, that was uh, some impressive lyrics to the song there. That was. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> but if this were three hundred and seventy-two pages, what a breezy uh, oh, summer my. read! You'd be oh. sitting in this with your toes in the sand, going ah, refreshing yeah, would, as a lemonade. Wouldn't have thrown my back out uh, bringing this on trips and stuff. Oh my, yeah, it would have been just utterly delightful. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, this is this is something. This is the podcast where we talk about bad books. We're in the middle of Midnight Sun. No, we're not in the... Well, it's hard to say where we are in the book because we're lost. 
Yeah, it's We're like sort a of a circular of thing. Yeah, it has no middle, beginning, or end. It just is. Yes, <laughs> it has always existed. Um, I, I told you I'd hit you with my theory on what's going on here, and I, sure. I think I have it. Uh, so Stephanie Meyer, right? Do I get that right? I always mix her up with the other one who wrote fanfic. Sure. No, yeah, that's correct. Yale Doctoro or whatever. Her name is. <laughs> um, what she's doing now is, and, and it's simple. Again, Occam's razor. She's messing with us. Hmm. This is not real. The, and, and I thought of it like, well, why would anyone do that? And then I remembered a little a little gag that uh, people used to do. Someone did it to me, and it was mildly successful, so I did it. It's You're on a road trip with someone, and you got a long way to go. So you just, you do the long con, you just, you know, like a couple miles in, you pick out a landmark that you don't look at, obviously, then you look in the exact opposite direction and you go, didn't there used to be like the old high school was around here? (laughs) And then it's right in front of that person and they go, yeah, yeah, no, it's right there. You go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh My family used to come here. (laughs) Then about a hundred miles later, you just start doing it again (laughs) and you do it every hundred miles until the person goes, what, would you stop that? Because <laughs> it takes them forever to realize that you're just putting them on, and there's no purpose to it other than to see like how long can I right. do this with this sure. person? And I think that's what she's doing. Is like, you guys are still reading this? I was messing with you, <laughs> right? She this starts putting in real. like the fake place names that like map makers used to do, so they could tell if someone was ripping off their map type of right, thing. Right? Yeah. Just, she's putting in a passage that just is like her her list of uh, shopping list at the grocery store. Yeah, because it's it's not. There's no way that she's sitting there typing, thinking someone is going to be entertained by this. So I had to come up with a yeah. A and she's already theory, written the, the book, so it's not like she has any any effort to put in. Yeah. So and so. yet and yet and yet, thirty four thousand ratings on Amazon. Average rating. Uh, where do you see that? I don't know. It's like it shows four point six. I think we looked four, at it before. Yeah. Four point eight at this point in time. Oh come on! It has only increased. <laughs> there's a, look. There's a tiny little bit of room for criticism, but let's not get carried away here, people. Four point eight is is about right. We hit the sweet spot there. And like, if you read these books fifteen years ago, and you are you are you still like so? Yeah, in fourth grade, I might have gone to the mat for uh, vanilla ice. And then f- yeah. <laughs> 15 years later, when he released, a, you know, an album of, you know, Vanilla Ice Goes Country or whatever, I wasn't going to, like, you know, log on to Amazon and, and, and froth at the mouth as I defended him from the haters. However, if she were to, let's just re-up this whole thing again from Emmett's point of view, don't <laughs> tell me you wouldn't be on board for that. <laughs> right. I mean, oh, it, it's coming. <laughs> you know, there's no reason. You don't, you don't... Uh, you don't crank out something like this and be rewarded with the, the millions of dollars and just be like, well, I'll just stop there. It's like, a, you know, you don't shoot up heroin and have the best time of your life and be like, well, I'll never do that again. Yeah, I wonder if she will, um, you know, like 4.8, that the point two is just needling her. It's like, if I tell it from Charlie's point of view, I'm pretty sure I can get to five on this right. page. Yes, yeah. Like how, you know, Usain Bolt is kept up late at night because he was only like, you know, 0.01 seconds off his world record type of thing. Right. <laughs> oh, well, let's, uh, I guess let's wade in. Let's talk about what we have for this show, though. Let's do a proper teasing like a good podcast would. Absolutely. We have uh, some very dumb sentences of the week. We had one that was a, a, a big contender for uh, universally acknowledged as dumb. 
the kind where people wrote in being like, you're going to get this a lot. It's like, yeah, we did because it was really dumb. Uh, and then we've got some emails from people. And sadly, we don't have any uh, fanfic or real. Um, we just like I think we were just too close to the end of the book that people uh, people people abandoned uh, the quest of trying to fool us. And it probably would have been pretty tricky, although <laughs> if you had had some of the stuff that happens in this section as fanfic, I would have a hundred percent thought it was it was your invention. So I don't know. Maybe there is some stuff coming at the end of the book that's gonna that would have thrown us off, but we don't have it. So, well, we, I mean, we passed through at least I think three sections of of fanfic. You know, things that I recognize from right. real or fanfic in this, which is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, but- I'm not going to call out people for that. I think it's understandable that you you've gotten you've we've milked this for all that we can, but I am going to call out our listeners for something else. Um, I was reading an article, uh, New York times wrote an article about, uh, a podcast called whatever happened to pizza at McDonald's, uh, okay. yesterday. And, uh, I guess it's sort of like just a, it's funny. It's sort of like a parody of investigative podcast, but this guy is just on the endless quest to find out what happened to pizza at McDonald's, despite the fact that he, got the answer to that like four episodes in and now he's on episode 300 or whatever. But um, they, uh, there was this passage. What started as a lark meant to amuse himself and his girlfriend has evolved into something far richer, a deadpan satire about podcasts, the business of podcasting and the quirks of investigative journalism. Well, uh, the podcast has a core audience of about 30,000 listeners, one of whom tattooed a pizza slice and the words, thank you for your candor. That's a catchphrase. Uh, the podcast above her ankle and mm. so I, I read that and i went and i searched for 372 pages tattoo and there was one result but it was just from some you know it was completely a coincidence it was from something that ended with the book is 372 pages and then the word tattoo was somewhere on there so okay. no image results no nothing turned up and so yeah I'm, I'm calling people out uh if if this podcast about pizza and mcdonald's can uh can inspire that kind of devotion. I'd, 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 I'd frankly disappointed in everybody. What would that be? What would the, uh, the actual artwork be in your, <laughs> you must've, you must've mused on that as well, you I posted uh, it to called Twitter. I, I called the people out yesterday online, but okay. not everyone's going to see that. But then people were, you know, immediately saying that I needed to get a, uh, inflatable cow lower back tattoo. I mean, we've got a, ke- a cool logo. Um, sure. You know, we've got those llama corns that Matt Nelson has drawn for every episode. So uh, there's all sorts of options. You could That's get uh, you could get uh, Thorn Drumheller as the floor. You know. Yeah. So, well, you could, could you? I, I wonder what the uh, uh, copyright is on the art from Jim Tice's novelette. Could right. You, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, the weird little like. <laughs> There was a weird little pencil-drawn creature <laughs> yeah, or something. That little in ick it. dog at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah someone suggested, uh, you know, a, a a tattoo of who is the sheriff of sixty-four squares. Oh, sure. Uh, being asked, so yeah, that, that that would be the sort of thing. Yeah, your your grandchildren might have uh, questions about that. What what a story to tell them. Yeah, yeah. So, I was just uh, I told uh, Kevin and Bill we recorded yesterday. I was telling them that. Because uh, every time we mess up in studio, one of us will do the, this is very esoteric, but the uh, John Dacre, you, <laughs> you mess up in studio, you do, you either do the whoop, the John Dacre whoop, <laughs> or you do the the piano playing accompanist. This, ah, of course. this has been a very good time for me. Anyway, look that up, John Dacre. But I introduced that to friends who, for whatever reason, just missed the whole boat. And I, I brought up John Dacre. I'm like, 
well, John Dacre, of course. Mm-hmm. And they're like, huh, what? And they, you know, it's like, look, I'm not going to show you a video. They're like, show us a video. What else are we doing? It's like, all right, here uh-huh. you go. They're absolutely besotted with John Dacre. Oh, okay. For Christmas, <laughs> I'm getting them the whoop shirt <laughs> that you can get. From, That's real? Like Cafe Press or whatever. Yeah, wow. there's a whole series of John Dacre shirts. But uh, Yeah. Print it on yeah, Haynes beefy tea and it'll wash off after the third time. But, sure, sure. Yeah. But they're but, they're absolutely enchanted with it. So it's always yeah. good when that when it lives up, you know, because you, you can never tell what builds up in your mind and what doesn't. We've seen we saw a reference this week to the uh pitted so pitted video. So yep. it was good to see other people appreciated that. And then uh, just yesterday I saw for the first time ever the uh, uh, Switch Jimmy Smiths ad that you've talked about for 25 years, <laughs> yes. which, you know, I you know I, I thought it, it lived up to it. I was very skeptical just because it's one of those things that you you uh, describe and it probably doesn't go that way. But it was it was hilarious. Yeah. Just right in the middle. They're just talking like a regular cheesy <laughs> 80s movie commercial. And then all of a sudden that Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that had been, yeah, that had been missing forever. And now I, I finally got to see it. But uh, yeah. anyway, the, the nice. point is, if you get a tattoo, uh, we'll we'll retweet it, and maybe uh, a couple hundred people will see it. So yeah. don't have don't have any higher expectations other than that. But uh, <laughs> rich rewards. Ah, uh, I feel like we're avoiding the uh, the meat of it here. Let's let's get into it. Let's Chapter twenty one, the game. The game. Yeah, and. Uh, Though it's called that. <laughs> yes. And though they ended the last chapter by saying, hey, Edward, want to go play baseball? And he says, yes, Bella, let's go play some baseball. We take uh, 26 pages and nearly 10,000 words before that game of baseball actually starts here. Infuriated me. <laughs> Outrage. Anger, uh, just raging by myself, reading this thing, going, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Chekhov's it, baseball game. Hey, everyone, let's go play. Right. And though it's, of course, it's it's stupid and, and, and idiotic and hard to read. It's at least something that happens, you know. Uh, and so we're, we're left awaiting that as they go back to her house, back to meet. He, they meet the werewolves. They meet his dad and just, you know, just twiddling thumbs as you await the the first pitch here and and, uh, really driving is a very big part of this book when you start to think about it for a vampire book there's way more driving than one might have thought (laughs) yeah it's uh it's convoy and and over the top combined which is is bizarre given the fact that it's all the same to them whether they run or drive and in fact running is, is far quicker right yeah, because later on, it's they, they do a long road trip, and they are transporting their own gas, like they're doing the cannonball run and, you know, can't afford to pull off for for gas stops. So, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very inefficient. <sighs> anyway, so, yes, they're in a car. They're in uh, the Jeep in this one. Yeah, and they, they, they swing by uh, the house. I, I forget why at this point in time, but later he's going to meet uh, the mustache dad, but they go home and they'll... And, uh, Billy and Edward are there to try to to talk, talk to Mustache Dad, and uh, we get the sense once again that Jacob has absolutely no idea that he or anyone who's related to is a werewolf, uh, and but that Billy is very nervous about uh, when it's revealed that Bella is dating Edward, and the first thing we get to that is he he has an all caps no, Billy's thought was a shout and then a mental groan no. So he he mentally shouts and then mentally groans, 
Um, could you it, could you recreate that, please, as a sonic challenge? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. His his thought was a shout, but then it was also a mental groan. So his thought was a mental groan. It's it's redundancy there. Uh, once that that thought reading mixed with the uh, future seeing get, gets into heavy gear <laughs> i am i've i have much to say about that okay good well let's let's work toward that i think it's it's not a ton to say here although um he sort of uh, messes with the with billy uh, he he knows that billy is nervous about you know him potentially uh draining bella of her life essence and leaving her a dried out husk so he decides our hero uh, in that frame of mind, I leaned over to kiss Bella goodbye. Just to mess with the old man, I pressed my lips to her throat rather than her lips. So he's just, uh, you know, pretending to an old guy that he's going to kill a girl. Uh, <laughs> he, he is a cut up. He is a delight, really. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> well, here's along those lines. This is his sense of humor. So he's uh, thinking about the situation. There's a bunch of uh, snarling and him growling and hissing and snapping he wants to terrify Billy and everything. And then uh, he's, she says, that's probably best, I agree. Be careful, though. The child has no idea. Annoyance flashed suddenly across her face. I was confused until she spoke. Jacob is not much younger than I am. It was the word child that had offended her. Oh, I know. I teased. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> so one second he's snapping and snarling, but him saying, oh, I know. He's yeah. teasing her? He sort of is flipping his wrist at her, like giving her an elbow in the ribs. And anyway, he is funny. That's the thing you forget. <laughs> I, uh, I I read that about, there was an in-depth article after uh, Prince died. Mm-hmm. And he said to one of his last interviewees, one of the things that I want people to know about me is how funny I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's really come across as you're dry humping the stage uh you know as that's uh funny funny right stuff. as you're you know ordering a tub of uh, lemon meringue for your <laughs> bathtub from room service that's that comes across <laughs> you're firing your 50th band member that month uh for no reason at all funny right. stuff Good an stuff. intern made eye contact with you so they're they're mm-hmm. been deported out of the state but I, yes. so that thing about him saying he's not much younger than her, Jacob is is very nervous. He says he knew she was too old to think of him the way he wished she would, but it depressed him to see the proof. So I don't I don't understand what the what the age difference is here because Bella's what a junior in high school. Yeah, I think it's a year. So I, I don't know. I guess that, does that loom large in high school? Kind I mean, of, it, kind of a bit more. I mean, it would be much bigger of a deal to go to a different school than someone I would think. But uh, yeah. But then he still, uh, Jacob is, as he sees them kiss, um, minutes later, it says he was still rehashing the kiss, trying to decide how into it Bella was. Oh, so, he's, so, yeah, not, uh, we've got guys looking in the window from trees at girls as they sleep. We've got guys <laughs> wondering how into it girls were when they see them kissing there. No one comes off well from this perspective. Um, well, we get a bit of the, the old, um, well, here, I'll just read it. Jacob Black was embarrassed, thinking caustic thoughts about his father for dragging him out to spy on Bella and her boyfriend. Billy Black was still suffused with fear, expecting me to suddenly begin butchering everyone in sight. It was insulting. <laughs> you you offend me, sir. Right. I, 
<laughs> I'm insulted by your thinking that I'm going to butcher everyone in sight. <laughs> right. Something that has, uh, you know, centuries of, of historical merit to back it up. Yes, I didn't. Uh, I held up my hand to the not the hostess, but her niece before. I, I'm in, you insult me, sir. You know the procedure. <laughs> when when uh, when Billy writes that up, he does it in the old like 1800 novel style, where it says Mister C, and then the underscore after that yes. to to leave out his last name, so he will not be <laughs> his his dignity will not be impugned by this. Yes, but uh, yeah, he 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 says that uh, Billy tells. Uh, Bella that the Cullens have a unpleasant reputation on the reservation and uh, he tries to sort of dance around the issue of why he uh, she should not be dating him but she just sort of uh, she's not having any of it she just sort of says like you know get out of here old man and I'm going to do what I want to and my dad's not coming home and um, you know piss off essentially Mm -hmm. yeah and it's all uh, as I recall from the movie they're all just kind of sitting around that old truck in the uh, in the in the driveway right uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, Billy is in a wheelchair, which is uh, just sort of casually mentioned here. Yeah. I, don't, well, I think if you didn't see the movie, you might have missed that aspect of it. I think that um, Jacob's pushing him around at some point in time. But I th- One of the reasons that he's in the chair, it's not visited upon in this section we read, but maybe this is it. Um, it reminded him, this is Billy thinking, it reminded him of one of his daughters, the one who never visited <laughs> and then that's just left wow <laughs> so did she like shoot him did she wing him with a shotgun and that's why he's in the chair and then she never visits because you know just wow yeah i don't know or that's... maybe he you know the, he turned into a werewolf and you know it started uh humping the ottoman and she was just like i have had enough with this family like it ruined <laughs> ruined her prom date or something it's like the the uh, normal uh, daughter in the monsters. She's just like a regular old beauty queen. Like all right. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, like you said, we get into some some of our. Uh, I think one of our favorite type of things. Uh, Billy starts a a three page flashback once. Uh, once uh, I think Bella tells him to get the hell out of the house. Mm-hmm. And we get a. It starts off with a a Kleinian. Uh, very Kleinian flash uh, description from Edward. He says, Billy's mind was caught up in a memory. I was surprised that I remembered this too. <laughs> oh, God. But from a different angle. Are you, really? I mean, you're remembering it. Like, why? Uh, it's, sure, I guess it's not super significant, but uh, it just, uh, we're going to need to define Kleinian probably in like a, a two sentence word, as hopefully yes. we get to do some press as this next book comes out. But, uh, <laughs> but like, we need, we, I, I, it's, for me, it's just like, uh, you know, you know it when you see it, but. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I, it, Again, I can't. We there's a term that we have in writing comedy that comes from a lazy bit of comedy writing where you presume your own premise and then you joke on the premise, which is not believable in the first place. You yes. know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And this is just like stating your state of mind that is unbelievable, and then remarking on how unbelievable it is that my state of mind is <laughs> right. that way. Or yes. that's one version of Kleinian. I think there yeah. are others. Right. People noticing their own states of being. As opposed to just having the state of being, you know, in the prose. Yeah, but and I, no- you- I noticed that I was remarking this kind yeah, of thing. Right. That, that, I think that is good. Yeah, like out of body experience. Yeah, but usually so about fairly mundane garbage too. That's a, right. an important part of it. Yeah, but yeah, so he's so Edward is surprised that he remembers this because Edward was like in the background uh, playing, you know, PSP as 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 Carlisle called up Billy. 
to tell him that he is coming back to the to the reservation. Um, I'm going to make a confession now. I was quite distracted by the fact that they were about to play baseball. <laughs> what the hell is happening? And then I kind of looked ahead at this this italicized memory of something, and I went, I, I, I'm skipping this, man. Wow. I can't I can't do it. I don't know what this is. But then I ended up, I went back and read it. But I, but I read it with, well, you know, I was not committed, I will admit. Sure. Well, but it, so this is, this is what I was alluding to with one of our favorite things. You just, it's like the, uh, in Santa and the ice cream bunny at some point in time, you know, 35 minutes into the tale of Thumbelina, it's like, just remember that Santa is telling the children on the beach yes. this, you know, Santa is saying, <laughs> and then Mr. Mole like walked down the thing and he had a New York accent. And, and so this is all, uh, things that Edward is listening to Billy remember. And this was one that, uh, got me, uh, he says, Carlisle says, we'll be living outside Forks. The monster rattled off a set of numbers, and it took Billy a moment to realize they were coordinates, lines of longitude and latitude. He scrambled for something to write with and came up with a black sharpie, but no paper. Again, he demanded hoarsely. The numbers came more slowly this time, and Billy scrawled them down his arm. So Billy is remembering that he wasn't paying attention and then needed to get a piece of paper and then do that. And Edward is listening to Billy remember that. Yes. I wonder if he was doing this to add verisimilitude to a story. Like, don't believe me? Look, I make myself look bad in my own story. Right. I don't yes. have a piece of paper. Who would tell that story that way unless it were true, eh? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it, it does go on. And uh, it... Three pages, I guess. The other thing that I thought funny was just Carlisle says, our current plan is to live in Forks for about a decade. Billy's heart stopped. Ten years. <laughs> yep, that's the agreed upon <laughs> definition of, of what decade means. I, I can't imagine it's, you know, it's not like uh, saying the five out in the West Coast. There's no other definition of the decade. Maybe his heart stopped as he was tr trying to noodle out the math there, kind of like when uh, Edward said 1901 and then <laughs> gave, gave a moment for him yeah, to figure that out. Math. Um, then, yeah. I, I have a sonic challenge for you really quickly. Hit me. Okay. Um, this is uh, great. His son retorted with heavy sarcasm, but wait. I've got a, a spin. This is like those reality shows where like the, you know, the chairman's spin is now put on it. Hmm. I want you to do it with heavy sarcasm, but also as the, uh, the great, like the director of photography of services selling the oh, video. Man. Remember where uh, all of a sudden in the middle of his line, someone goes great. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, uh, so I want you to mix that, make that heavily sarcastic, but also like the director of photography of services selling yeah. and scene. I'm selling to the great <laughs> <laughs> with oh so much delight. Yes, <laughs> talking about uh, things that may or may not hold up when forced other people to to look at them. Oh, that that one was on the docket as well. It held up. All right. <laughs> so at the end of all this, uh, it's three pages, probably about a thousand words. Uh, I would guess is a is a three page segment of this. Edward reaches this conclusion about Billy's memories. So, nothing very helpful from Billy's thoughts. I uh, know. <laughs> you son of a bitch. God. Why? Why? <laughs> Infuriating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get to a section then now. Bella's in the kitchen with Billy and Jacob smelling something rotten. 
And mm-hmm. Edwards reading, I, I, this was my least favorite half hour on earth trying to, I, I reproduced a paragraph here though. Maybe I'll put it as an extra because I, I defy anyone to come up with worse prose or, oh, wow. so I might just do a dramatic reading of it and try to make it seem like something that's interesting, okay. but I, I don't think it's possible. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't. I, they, they they really just kept going on and on. But then at some point in time, like they tell him to get the hell out of there, and uh, he pretends like he's going to arrive home, like after Charlie is, gets there, I guess. Oh yes, yeah. But uh, the 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 first thing before that, uh, he uses the first of many terms that uh, indicate to me that that Stephanie Meyer obviously has never played baseball and may not have even heard of baseball before she started writing these books because uh, her her language to describe the american pastime is, is substantially lacking he says while i was mopping i thought about the short journey to the baseball clearing tonight and realized that after yesterday <laughs> bella might not be too keen on running with me to our destination so i just will i will obviously point out those as they come but uh it's got to seed that for you it's uh, as bad as the uh, the old cliche. How about you and I go play nine or ten holes of golf? You know, like, <laughs> right? Just a bad, clumsy introduction to it. Um, here's a, a great bit of dialogue description where she lards up this uh, dialogue for no reason, and it it goes off the rails. It's Edward, Dad. She was saying, "Is he?" Her father demanded. I tried to make sense of what they were saying about me. Sort of, I guess, she admitted. So her father (laughs) demanded. She admitted. You said last night you weren't interested in any of the boys in town. He remonstrated. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So she was like, well, let's see. Someone can demand. They can admit. Ah, I haven't used remonstrated yet. <laughs> I took that SAT prep uh, 25 years ago, and damn it, I remember one thing from it. Oh, uh, but all in the same rhythm, so it, you know, it like sticks out then. Like, mm-hmm. It's just terrible. I think, yeah, and Stephen King's on writing. He just like, said, we'll do a lot of heavy lifting for you, folks. That's, uh, that's the one word you need to use. Yep, it's in quotes. I assumed it was said. I can keep track of who's saying what. Uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Move it along. Uh, but yeah, so I think he they, they have that discussion and she sort of admits he's the boyfriend and then he shows up to meet her, uh, to meet Charlie, who he says seems ex- extra stoic tonight. Yes. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Charlie now, if I wasn't before. Right. He's extra stoic. <laughs> so instead of huh, he's not even saying huh. Right. And so stoic is just like, you know, you you sort of, you know, accept what you can what you uh can't change and change what you can and stuff. But this is just more of the we understand this to be just duh type of thing. Yes. <laughs> yep, he's just uninterested. That that form of stoicism, not the mm. not the high minded philosophical version, just like <laughs> I don't care either way. Whatever. Right. What's his uh, beer? Is it Rainier? Rainier. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if it's specifically called out by name in this. Maybe. I don't know if it was in the first book either. Maybe they just had to pick one for the uh, for the movie. I think it was a movie innovation. Yeah. But uh, so uh, we get this description, which was one of my favorites in the uh, of all the, you know, humans not acting the way that humans actually work. <clears throat> Charlie opened the door. His eyes focused at about my shoulder height. He'd been expecting someone shorter. He readjusted and then staggered half a step back. 
That is that is just not how looking works. <laughs> you open the door expecting someone of a certain height and, and then have to like readjust your eyes by taking it. What on earth are they pretending that he's doing there? He actually takes a physical step of like yeah. a more to readjust his eyes because someone uh, he he thought that Edward's eyes were gonna he thought that he was a foot shorter than he is. I don't just don't understand. I I pictured like the uh, I think it's a cliche in John Hughes movies where someone will appear and then they'll play a certain uh, stylistic bit of music and then the very very slow tilt up from the feet. Mm-hmm. You know, until you see that it's a cracker with, you know, Indian corn teeth and a toothpick coming out. <laughs> so you guys need help or something, man. Right. I, I guess this is him scanning. Right, yeah. Scanning Edward and going, oh boy, he's <laughs> taller than I thought he would be. But, I mean, they've lived in the, the the community for five years, right, at this point in time? Like, I mean, was he? I don't know if he was expecting Mike Newton or something, but I don't know. Just well, the, he, he he stated early on he didn't spend a lot of time with the sheriff. I so, guess that's true. That's so true. not enough yeah. time to wow, ascertain yeah. his height. Joke is on me. But then he has to sort of like uh, you know he readjust like the autofocus on a camera. Right. I guess he. Yeah. He needs to physically. Yeah. He's only got uh, you know the twenty millimeter lens. He's got to you know. I guess that'd be a wide lens, so he's got the 100 million. It's just probably this. He was a little too stoic tonight, so he had to, you know, he didn't have a chance to, like, get his motor running in terms of all these uh, bodily functions we usually take for granted. Well, stoic, but not stoic enough in this section. And tell me what's, why why the laughing in this? It felt more satisfying than I would have thought to say the words, she'll be safe with me, I promise, sir, and be confident that they were true. Bella walked out. Charlie and I laughed together again. (laughs) So this time it was more genuine on my part. I smiled at Charlie and waved as I followed Bella outside. What what were they laughing about? What was funny? (laughs) I mean, they, you know, he sort of did the, you're getting my daughter to watch some baseball, huh? So it just might be the, uh, uh, that, that might be what's continuously funny as they keep walking out the door. I guess, but it's his stoic version of it, I assume would be. (laughs) Right. Yep. Yeah. That's about as all. Yeah, that's what I can muster. <laughs> I like that they 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 came inside and they sat down in the living room, and then uh, it says I. So they 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 sit they sit down, and then he says I winked at her while Charlie was settling himself. So I hear you're getting my girl to watch baseball. Charlie said amusement was winning in his expression. Yes, sir. That's the plan. He chuckled aloud. Now, well, more power to you, I guess. I politely laughed along. Bella jumped to her feet. Okay, enough humor at my expense. Let's go. I'm glad we came inside and sat down for that exchange. That was important to, it wasn't even like a, you know, have a snack or, you know, have you drink a seltzer while I size you up type of thing. It just like, you know, essentially musical chairs. It's, uh, but it is funny. Again, <laughs> Edward wants everyone to know he's funny more than anything else. Right. Well, it's the patented dark humor. Yep. He's teasing. He's funny all the time. I looked up um, dark humor. Dark humor. I mean, there's other like maybe humor or chuckle darkly, but dark humor was in there like th- only three times. I would have, I would have given the over under like twelve. That's true. That's true. Um, so they're going to baseball. They stop in. They meet someone in the driveway. They have a long, worthless scene, even by their own admission. Didn't learn anything from his <laughs> flashback. Uh, go into the house, chuckle for no reason over the fact that they're going to play baseball, laugh again, size up a guy to see that he's actually taller. 
So, oh, thank God. On to baseball then. First pitch, yeah. Let's hear the John Fogarty center field starts playing. No. <laughs> Not by a long shot. Oh, my God. We get the longest conversation in a Jeep that anyone has ever had, I think. It's, uh, yeah, it's unreal. This, this includes people on safari. No one has ever had a conversation this long in a Jeep. Yeah, I once drove out of Joshua Tree National Park on like an off-roading path with my friend Jake and his Jeep, and that took hours, and I thought we were going to get a flat tire and die, and it didn't take this long. <laughs> so I, I don't really even have any—this was infuriating. I don't really have any notes on it. It's just the either, same yeah. thing. He's mad at her because she won't be careful. He kisses her or something, and his tooth like almost makes her bleed or something. I don't know. Right, yeah, he, he sort of— uh, talks her into um once they have driven there and I, I have nothing other than the fact that like she straps her into a weird harness in the jeep um but then he they when they get to the clearing he sort of like needs to dazzle her again so that she won't be afraid when he wants to um, run with her on her back um, oh yes yes he turns to the running after the jeep yeah 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 uh, and just says, like, you know, would I let a tree hurt you? And she says no. And so that's, you know, the impressive vampire powers is that he can make her no longer fear trees. Um, <laughs> uh, but then so then they do run with her, though. He he runs her like out towards where they're going to play. But then after that's done, when he like sort of like eases her off her back, she she trips and then he laughs and she gets angry. And then they just discuss for a long time who's mad. Did oh you, yes, so, yeah, yeah. She it, falls off like a like a rag doll off of his shoulders or something, and then wow, it's this constant theme. He's mad because she worries about him more than her, and it just oh god, it's ridiculous. He says, "Don't be mad," and she says, "Oh, you're the only one who's allowed to get mad." I wasn't mad at you. I assured her before I could say more. She insisted, "You were mad that I wasn't mad at you." It's, <laughs> It, the whole thing just reminded me of the uh, the, the it, famous tweet by Drill. Do you know Drill? No. I'm, I'm sure you do not. I, okay. I, I don't know why. I, but his, <laughs> his, his tweet is, I'm not mad. Please don't put in the newspaper that I got mad. Um, which if just wow. added a few more a few more mads to there, I think, and you'd have this uh, section of Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So this becomes the, the this theme of, who's mad and who's <laughs> hurt more it gets revisited again and again yeah and especially towards the end of our readings here so uh yeah let's just skip this one oh yeah okay uh yeah i just don't know what we're supposed to take away they 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 love each other they they can't live without each other and then just like the stupidest minor things somehow trigger these just like hissy fits in both of them do you have with uh with Lauren, as I do with Bridget, where there is just a point where you can just go, are we are we still talking about this very stupid thing? And the, then the disengagement is like all the weapons are laid down. You go, yep, that was yeah. really dumb. We're talking <laughs> We're about, along, yeah. <laughs> about the water on the top of the glasses in the dishwasher or something. And you yes. have a different procedure for how you do it. Forks in upside down or right side up. Yes. Okay. Let's just disengage from this immediately. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into... I, I knew that you would... Uh, be taken by this baseball section oh my god yeah did, so did you watch any of the world series it ended i on didn't even Tuesday. um someone mentioned uh, uh well sean our our compatriot over mm -hmm. at uh rift track said something about the celebrations 
and I actually had to go about. Oh, wow, really? Right. Oh man, yeah, I just yeah, it's just that I, I I haven't been able to get into it. Obviously, yeah, uh, I was it was a it was exciting. It was good to have uh, some some normalcy like that. The regular season was sort of a bummer, but uh, anyway, yeah, this is uh, you know we we both love baseball. We've all been to you know exciting baseball games in our lifetimes. We uh, tossed the old horse hide around down in Nashville uh, a year mm-hmm. or two ago. But uh, <laughs> this is not exactly Roger Angel, uh, the boys of summer, uh, as we as I hinted at earlier. Um, I, it just it's just like an alien trying to describe it almost. It, it, it's so puzzling because, as you said, um, if if you 85 million pages ago say, well, we're playing that baseball you assume that, like, oh, I don't know, is it John Irving, the author of uh, The World According to Garp, was a wrestler, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, David Foster Wallace was a tennis player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the tennis descriptions are accurate and researched. And right. You assume Maybe that even someone a has too a... inside, like, almost. like. Yes, yes. I just watched, uh, there's a Netflix show on chess with a chess prodigy, and the person who wrote the book back in the 80s I read a little bit about was a, you know, level C or whatever, but consulted masters and got the chess right. <laughs> so you assume Stephanie Myers, huge baseball fan, right? Right. And so we're going to be treated to some... But instead you get this person, like you said, has never seen baseball. <laughs> Doesn't know the words associated with baseball. Kind of maybe has heard 10 or 12 of them and sprinkles them throughout. Maybe. But, and like, but, you know, through Google Translate to Armenian and then back again. But do you have any theories as to why? Just pick something about which you have interest and knowledge when you're trying to write it. I would be terrified to go, well, I committed to uh, talking about computer programming early in this book. Here we go. Now right. I'm going to write about it. And I, I would have to start researching and never quit. I mean, Sure. And like, you know, in Digital Fortress, Dan Brown evidently got a shitload of things wrong about Japanese, uh, about hacking and all that stuff. But, you know, for the most part, his audience was going to read that and be like, sounds like this is probably the case. You know, I don't know about uh, 128 bit encryption as opposed to baseball, (laughs) which, uh, you know, everyone has has seen uh, knows that knows the basics of. Right. It's you. It's the thing we that infuriates us in movies. If you're going to show something that everyone uses every day and is familiar with, it kind of drives me crazy when movies, when someone is cooking and they're cutting something in the kitchen and then they just have terrible knife skills where all I can think of is they're about to slice a fingernail off and go deep into the cuticle. Like, stop that. Right. Uh, why show the thing if you don't you know, like showing a computer and ordering pizza.net. Like, just yes. don't do that. We yes, all right. we all know how this works. Right. That's why fake uh, operating systems always stand out so much, too. Yeah, yeah. We don't show the things that we all see every single day because we're going to go, that's not what that is. And <laughs> But she wades right in and does it at great length. Well, let me just uh, read you some of my favorites. Um, it says that uh, he's describing the baseball clearing. It says, uh, the trees had been scraped away by a glacier long ago. Wild grass and bracken were the only things that flourished here now. I don't know what bracken is, but that's beside the point. It was a convenient play place for us, said the 108-year-old who wants some play place. Um, 
And then uh, we get some more of the uh, once they, they have some more discussion, but then they start playing and uh, here's some of the baseball isms. One of them says, are you ready for some ball? <laughs> <laughs> then we get uh, this this description. Uh, Alice hurled out the first pitch. Emmett, too eager, took a massive swing that whistled so closely by the ball that the air pressure disrupted the straight line of the pitch. Jasper snagged the ball out of the air, then whipped it back to Alice. Later on, we get, uh, I guess, the Alice is now on on uh, in the field. So she whirled and bolted toward home. Jasper was already halfway between third and home. He put his shoulder down as though he were planning to knock Alice off the plate the way he had Carlisle. But Alice didn't wait for him to charge her. She executed a clever half-spin, half-slide maneuver, gliding past him and then tagging him from behind. It's very hard to tell what is going on, and it doesn't help that they're playing this weird, like, three-on-three with their own rules form of baseball. Yes, which get added ad hoc, where you're like, wait, what's happening? Now they can't. And then at one point just says, like, oh, we had our own rule where if you freeze everyone on base, the inning is over or something. I didn't even Yeah, understand. oh, yeah. It is, uh, it's, let's see if, uh, oh, yeah. So I'm going to read this through and just like, so again, you've, you've seen countless baseball games. You could describe a, uh, you know, you could describe the Bill Buckner play to somebody if you needed to, just like, you know, off the top of your head. But so here's try, try just mentally envisioning this. Carlisle smashed the ball straight down against the rocky ground, hoping it would pop up high enough that I would have a chance to get around the bases. But Jasper leaped up and got it back in play too quickly. Emmett had me cornered on third. So just there's more to this, but Carlisle has intentionally smashed the ball down into the ground, you know, careening it up. Yeah, like a swinging, a swinging bunt, sort of an accidental. But he was trying to do kind of a swinging bunt. I guess. Yeah, he he hit it like a carnival hammer. I guess. But then, <laughs> disregarding the fact that she does not use the term "in play" correctly, because that would refer to a a foul ball, but she just means one that's up, you know, in the air. Um, then it says Alice ran through the possibilities as she approached the plate, but the outlook wasn't encouraging. She did her best, though, driving the ball as hard as she could down the right foul line. Okay? So Alice okay. has hit a, hit a ball so down he's, the... So Edward is on third. Yes. Is that the only runner on base? I believe so. Yes. Okay. So he's on third after a an aborted swinging bunt. Okay. Yeah. Then, so and she th- hits a frozen rope down the foul line. Yeah. And okay. so the, 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 the next sentence, Jasper didn't take the bait not even trying to tag her out before he fired the ball back to Emmett. Wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> so so what's I guess, the, you know. What's the bait? I, I don't know. I, 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 she sounds like she got a, a hit that would have scored them all easily or scored Edward easily. However, however, Emmett stood like a brick wall in front of home plate. I didn't have a lot of choices. There was no way to make it past him. I guess he can't execute a clever half-spin Half uh, slide maneuver. Right. Uh, There's no way to make it past him. But if our entire team got stranded on the bases, according to our family rules, that meant an automatic end to the inning. So, yeah, she they just slipped that in. So then he says, I charged Emmett, who looked thrilled by my choice. I guess he's taking the bait. But before I could even try to dance around him to the plate, Rosalie was already complaining. Esme, he's trying to force an out. This was also against the family rules. 
Of course, Emmett tagged me. There just wasn't any way around him. Cheater Rose hissed. What? I don't know. That's why I, I guess I gave up on that too early. I should have really drilled down and tried to, to get a diagram of that. Cheater? For being tagged out? He's a cheater? Uh, yeah, if you try to f- automatically force an out, which uh, I guess, you know, it's a... Uh, oh, instead of ending the inning? He's, you... Instead of staying on third, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it just, yeah, once again, you have taken baseball, something that, you know, a lot of six-year-olds know the rules to, and just completely made it into something unrecognizable, which, of course, they don't have enough people to field a team, but, you know, three-on-three basketball is pretty common, and that abides by most of the major rules of basketball. Oh, that's, wow, that is infuriating. I I do want to go back to something, though, after, uh, about the Emmett uh, or the Emmett taking a swing, the massive swing that whistled so closely that the air pressure disrupted the straight line of the pitch, <laughs> which the the onlooker to that, the the narrator, the omniscient narrator here, would have to see within, I mean, a foot and a half till it hit the glove, I guess. <laughs> right. The straight line was disrupted. Not impossible, but would take a very high-speed camera to see that. But sure. Whatever, because it went into the glove, so the glove didn't need to be moved that much. Right, yes. But uh, Bella's response, was that a strike? I heard Bella whisper to Esme, if they don't hit it, it's a strike, Esme responded. So... She's familiar with the word strike <laughs> and its association with baseball, but has no concept of what it is. So when people say three strikes and you're out, she's like, I don't know. I, I kind of get what you're saying, but I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, when the rubber hits the road, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. When in, when any given parent or elementary school teacher would say that when she sees headlines about, you know, a uh, uh, you know, California's three strikes and you're out policy being, you know, challenged in court for the past couple decades. She's just sort of uh, drooling at the at what that could possibly mean, I guess. And and she so if she's asking, was that a strike? And she's her that's her familiarity with baseball. So she probably knows hit as well. <laughs> so so she thought that that was either a hit or a strike. And she she did guess strike, but she might have guessed hit. Was that a hit? Was that a single? Maybe she would know that word. Well, it's also conceivable that uh, at a normal baseball game, you could watch someone uh, throw a pitch and the catcher catch it and say, hey, was that a strike? Like, did that catch the edge of the plate or something? He swung and missed at it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) If Uh, they don't hit it, it's a strike. As they responded. She does have some amazing reactions throughout this game. Uh, I, I just... Uh, collected them all at some point in time Emmett hits a sacrifice fly and scoring Rosie uh, Edward ground his teeth as Rosalie reached home plate Bella however was delighted she clapped her hands with a huge smile impressed by the play and then later we get if she would look at Bella now she would see Bella's obvious marveling and then later Emmett too was enjoying Bella's excited amazement and just yeah. like settle the hell down. You are, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, <laughs> it would be unkind to like, she's just has never been outside the house before. She's like John Travolta and boy in the plastic bubble, just like, you know, clapping and, and, and grinning as the girl rides her horse. Yeah, that's the, exactly. That was my, <laughs> my same thought. Like, you know, okay, okay, okay. There's going to be a lot more baseball. You want to, 
You want to meet these reactions out a little more, just one at a time, calm down. You're going to just burn out. Right. You know, it's inning number two, and she's just, just curled up asleep next to three juice boxes. Like, yeah. It's just too much for her. She just she had, had to shut excitement. down. Yeah. Uh, the only other, I got just a few more baseball-isms. Uh, Alice was thinking of a hundred different ways to tip the ball as she picked up the bat. So what? that's, uh, you know, I, 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 mean, I think that's, you know, that's what... David Ortiz was always wondering how he was going to tip the ball when uh, when he was facing Mariano Rivera, uh, and then but then she was always he was always excited. Red Sox fans was always excited when uh, both she and Jasper got around off of one of Emmett's big hits, um, which that almost sounds kind of old timey. You know, you could see that being a uh, you know Casey at the bat era baseball. Yeah, got you know. got around. Okay, yeah. takers and chance get around after one of uh, Ever's big hits. <laughs> oh, it's too bad. She should have used like can of corn or something yes. like that as well. <laughs> a Texas leaguer. <laughs> yeah. But that's all there. If you looked up baseball slang, you get some real stuff that, you know, would make you at least you'd sound like you were protesting too much almost. But uh, but anyway, so after this whole thing, we do we criticized her a lot and probably alienated a, a large group of people who don't care about baseball over the past 10 minutes. <laughs> But like once more, you just do your due diligence in a thing like this and 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 look up whether or not um, maybe we just, you know, they talk about baseball differently in, in Utah, wherever she's from. Um, and I looked it up and it's it's true. Like and I so I've seen the movie Field of Dreams, you know, a dozen times, you know, love it. Um, and I just have never noticed how much sort of I missed, you know, in in, in my many viewings of it. Oh really? You, yeah, like, you, I know you're a fan and a careful watcher of it, so it's. Uh, yeah, I've sort of like gone over some scenes with a fine tooth comb, like, um, uh, but like more than anything, I think I was just sort of drawn in by the the famous James Earl Jones speech. Uh, I was oh, just sort sure, of like, yeah. I was caught up in sort of the, you know, the Americana of that, of the nostalgia, um, the music playing. I, I, I've been to the Field of Dreams, and I never noticed that he uses a lot of these terms in in the in the speech. What? Yeah, yeah. He, no, he, I've seen it. I don't think so. I, 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 again, it's a it's it's the sort of thing like you know, no, no, no. Like you have to trust me on this. Um, it's all there. Oh, it's like read this sentence. How many those are there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you, Paris you miss in the, the springtime. Yep, yeah. exactly. So it it was that. I I, I went online. I, I I downloaded the 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 speech off of YouTube and just you know, I guess we just have a listen. To the oh, uh, it's okay. the people will come speech yeah I'd love to hear it again no matter what but I will be listening with fresh ears okay sounds good let's take a listen trackers will come Ray they'll come to forks for reasons they can't even fathom they'll turn up to the baseball clearing not knowing for sure why they're doing it maybe because you've dazzled them They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for a convenient play place. Of course, we don't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll unstrap their children from their Jeep's off-roading harnesses and pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is dark humor they have and peace they lack. They'll walk out to the bleachers and sit in shirt sleeves, their arms sparkling, and ask each other, Are you ready for some ball? They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines, where they sat when they were children, and cheered their heroes as they executed clever half-spin, half-slide maneuvers. 
and they'll obviously marvel at the game, and it'll be as if they've dipped themselves in magic waters. Waters where they've already counted exactly how many fish are in them. The excited amazement when Jasper gets around off of one of Emmett's big hits will be so thick, they'll have to brush them away from their faces. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been dull old Major League Baseball. America has rolled by like an army of leprous swine. It's been erased like a blackboard indicating the various phases of mitosis, rebuilt and erased again. But tipping the ball has marked the time. This play place, these sports toys, they're a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and could be again. Oh, trackers will come, Ray. Trackers will most definitely come. So, yeah, I mean, there you have it. The uh, wow. Terrence Mann himself was uh, using a leprous swine and, uh, you know, getting around on, on big hits. Holy cow. So this, I guess, in many ways is a uh, tip of the hat, a tribute, well, homage. Yeah, a, to... a, a, a tip the ball, if you will, a tip the ball. Tip the, the ball, indeed. Um, I, I do note, though, that even after what she's seen and she's been excited, she says, uh, this is Bella, she laughed. So Okay. Um, One thing's for sure, I'll never be able to sit through dull old Major League Baseball again. <laughs> It, it's you have never been to a game in yes, your life. <laughs> if so, you were me at seven, and you were eating chocolate malt cups at Wrigley Stadium, and yes. never watched the game at all. Yeah, right. the uh, The idea of that, especially you know, given the fact that there is a uh, a literal hopeful Major League Baseball player that is part of her life. Yeah, that's right. You know, the the boyfriend's getting called up for his first game. You know, like they always have, you know, families flying across the country to see someone's first game. And Bella's like, nah, not going to make it happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is uh, Phil we're talking about, right? Yes, of course. The, uh, the ah, lifetime minor leaguer. Can't wait to get to Phil. All right. <laughs> uh, so plot wise, though, so the game is going on. And it's kind of maybe I just didn't read carefully and I will fully cop to that is that the reason that they're doing it is because every hit of the bat sounds as loud as thunder. And yeah. so they have to play only during storms. I think I may have known that from the movie, but I just I probably put it aside as being too stupid, so I didn't believe <laughs> it. But I think it's spelled out here, right? That, I, that I think when there they is, hit the yeah. ball yeah, I think it, in the movie they explicitly lay out, you know, that it sounds like thunder, but it does say um uh well, one day, one of the other vampires show up. Edward says, I should have seen this possibility. The noise of playing vampires was a very specific sound. <laughs> so I think they said, like, it sounds sort of like, you know, almost more like they're, you know, they're doing mining or like controlled uh, avalanches or something. Explosions happening. But right. I, I guess the, the thunder is, is close enough. This, uh, you're going to get a little bit of train noise, but that's fine. We'll keep talking. Sure. Uh, this would have been a good bit of the legend if it were done by, um, our, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the, the Bram Stoker. Oh, yeah. You know, given the heavy thing of like, but, 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 but my boy, you don't know that uh, vampires, of course, can only play baseball when there's a thunderstorm. Otherwise, it sounds like the sound won't be disguised. Walnuts? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, but yeah, here it's just sort of casually tossed off as like, oh no, here come some strangers because they heard the very distinctive sound of vampires playing baseball. <laughs> and like, yeah, again, it's probably laid out in the first book and she probably rightfully assumes no one is insane enough to read this book without having, you know, without having read any of the other books in the series. So Right. This you know. is uh, this is implanted as a, a th- this is a cornerstone of your beliefs yes. already that this is of course this is the way it is. Why are you questioning this, <laughs> you podcast morons? Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the uh, Alice detects these three vampires that are running towards them because they want to get in on the baseball playing. They want to tip the ball. Um, but then uh, Carlisle is like, let's just you know continue the game. And they're all, of course, nervous because they, they see these people um, uh, wanting to eat Bella, of course, of yes. when they arrive. Um, she smells absolutely delicious. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Alice can tell that they are uh, satiated by their eyes and... Um, the I, I, the last note that I have about it was that as they arrive, Edward uh, masterfully uh, shifted my position so her body would hi- my body would hide hers and began tapping my foot quietly to the rhythm of her heartbeat, hoping to disguise it as long as I could by creating a plausible source for the sound. So that's just like I mean, that's like a Ocean's Thirteen level scam where it's like we're out of ideas. We're just gonna like. Uh, you know, tap my foot to the uh, to the sound of us s- sneaking these chips out of the casino or something. Oh, the the levels of the subterfuge when these very normal people just <laughs> walk up is so insane. Uh, which leads me to a this is a bit of passive writing that really really bothered me. He says, uh, "I darted to Bella, considered considering racing away with her immediately, but there were near futures of us alone outnumbered." what but there were near futures of us alone outnumbered okay there mm, he's but i saw through alice's which that mechanism is never fully what the hell is going on he's constantly reading alice's mind as she sifts the futures yes and so he's able to see that in real time, but he's also listening to people's voices <laughs> while he's driving 185 miles an hour in and a and tapping up. his foot to match the t- heartbeat. Yeah, what is happening? Yeah, it is so needlessly stupid. And and here begins. It's like Tony what, Stark in his Iron Man costume, just with all those displays like in front yeah, of his face. Yeah, he's got so many HUDs, he doesn't <laughs> even know what to do with them. But also, th- thus begins the physicality that is never explained of like. The vampires, then they split up and she went to the mountains and then he came down through the middle and she went around the forest and came over here. Like, what? What? What's yeah. happening? I don't, you barely even described the baseball clearing other than you said that there was a, what was that weird thing that was a, oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, bracken there. Oh, bracken. So yes. yeah, that, that's all we know about this place. There's wild grass and bracken and yeah, now all of a sudden people are like on top of Mount Rainier and another guy's coming, you know, he's 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 crossing the Montana border. Like, yeah, yes. give us a break. By the way, I'd wished at a certain point that, that there had just been a sign there that just said no fungo up on the... You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We no should f- get rid of that or people will know this is our play field or whatever. <laughs> no pepper always confused me. Yes. Too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they. I think that's where I, I, this chapter ended, I think. Yep, chapter 22, The Hunt, mm-hmm. is next. Yeah. And so, 
the three vampires show up, and once again, I, I can't uh, uh, picture them any other way but the uh, movie. There's Laurent, there's uh, James, and then there's who is the other one? Oh, I forgot. Um, Veronica, right? Mm, no. Uh, oh, Dor- the re- the red haired one. Yes, Victoria, 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 Victoria. Yes. Vic. Um, so they, they they show up and uh, it doesn't seem like they're hungry because they have red eyes. But uh, Laurent is extremely horny. He uh, he too reacted to Emmett's size and my tension, but then was distracted by Rosalie. I wonder if she's mated. Hmm. They do seem to be even in numbers. His eyes skipped over the rest of us, then settled on Rosie again. <laughs> and then later, still the leader, Laurent was sure of his plan. If our covens could get along with each other, then we could get along with his. Everyone would calm down, and then we could all play. And he would get to know the glowing blonde. So just we get just, just more love stories going on behind the scenes here. Uh, by the way, I, in my head, because he says he was French, I couldn't help it. And I kept pronouncing it Laurent. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I so, don't expect anyone to do that. I'm just saying I couldn't shut it off in my own mind, you know. <laughs> but so was, we, as we get into that, uh, we, we, I think it does say he came over from the continent or something like that. But uh, so these are vampires. They're they're and one of them, James the Tracker, is like you know the most like ghoulish undead, like you know stop at nothing. He's the T1000 killing machine, and yet James, he's. He, He's he's chosen to to remain going by that name. Yes. Like as a society, we we are very tolerant of once people like achieve a certain level of you know fame or whatever, we, we'll let them go by any dumbass thing they want to. You know, we we tolerate a guy named Vin Diesel. Yes, that's. That is but this true. guy is like you know yeah I, I just I kill people left and right I'm unstoppable I'm I'm sticking with James. Yes. You know, we don't even try to do like the vampires in interview with a vampire or something and pick something like uh, like the Volturi have. Uh, and yeah, and then he's he alternately called the the tracker. Oh, yeah. L- they later com- on. They completely abandon James. They just stick with the tracker once they are once they're on the uh, on the run. Yeah, I, th- I recall that in the movie as being a fairly comical moment. <laughs> <laughs> the unstoppable killer, James. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so. Who is it who can shoot up the uh, the the tent of boredom? Is that Emmett or Jasper? Jasper, Jasper. Uh, that was a bit of fanfic. Um, you know, all of this the showdown, like the redhead was vibrating with tension. Laurent was like licking his lips and eyeing up Rosalie, and then I looked around and saw Jasper and felt incredibly bored. <laughs> um, but then, uh, so here, this surprised all of them. Laurent was merely confused. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then James was intrigued. Uh, the woman was panicky. Uh, and I just thought, where's the board? I thought you were bored. Right. But they kept, they keep saying this. Like, everyone's just sitting there going like, God, let's get out of here. But then they're also panicky and confused. And I, I just don't understand how you can, how, how do both, how are both held in tech? Intention, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, I, 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 he's sort of like making them not notice that you know he, Alice, and Bella are there. I guess. I guess that's what she means by bored. Is that they're just not notable? Like you would. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it would be if you saw a group of people and you knew three of them, and then the other three were strangers. You wouldn't necessarily take in their. You know, if they were the other three were old friends, you wouldn't necessarily notice the other three people. That's sort of. 
I, I guess. <laughs> but there's foot tapping. There's listening to Alice's things in his mind. It's all just... And they're just meeting James. I mean, <laughs> and there's this. Tell me if you th- if you have any inkling of this. Jasper, lacerated with scars on every visible portion yes. of his skin, tall, fierce as any stalking lion, idols eyes brutal with remembered kills. His warlike aspect. I searched for scars. There was no other. There was like one other scar related to like I don't know, like Emmett's bear let scar or something. But so he's just like a. Uh, a circus freak like a, a the tattooed man or something y- yes <laughs> right. i mean picture that i i picture the the guy in the movie remember who was just like that he had yeah, that frozen harpo hair. marks look yeah, yeah just a dumbass with a you know, wan pale dumbass yeah he was wearing like little foppy shirts and stuff you know like uh i i don't i don't know but, but no the, he's the joker yes he looked a lot like the joker but no he is uh Tall and lean and fierce as any stalking lion. <laughs> That's uh, Jasper, who uh, who wouldn't fall for that prank of hitting the uh, ball down the uh, first right. base foul line. Yeah, his warlike <laughs> aspect makes him He'll cover have, a mean right field. He'll have none of that garbage. I'm not <laughs> falling for that. Uh, yeah, I don't. This this whole thing. Here's the other thing that I was troubled by. So this is the linchpin of the book. This is now we're the only thing that's happened in the book. Yes, right, right. But there has never been. It has never been seeded as the one thing we cannot do is allow another vampire to ever see her. Right? Wouldn't wouldn't that be a thing that you'd want to do? I mean, maybe there was some mention of like, yeah, there are others who run around and hunt or whatever. But don't worry about it. I'll protect you. Mm-hmm. But it, but that hasn't been like a boy. If that ever happened, you know that has not been seeded as the thing that's going to happen for sure. It's just been sort of a uh, a th- as, as throwaway as anything else in this book. It's just been a mention of something, right? Yeah, I mean those other two vampires like came to town uh, like very early on to like you know have crumpets or something at tea time and then got the hell out. But uh, uh, that was the only other even mention of other vampires. I'll give you five bucks if you can pull up their names without uh, looking. Ah, Tuca and Birdie. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, <laughs> I can't remember, but it was it was perfect that yes. they uh, we were concerned about when they were going to leave. <laughs> I I could picture them rolling up the air mattress now as they uh, right. ate the fruit salad that was perfunctorily put out on the center island. Uh, <laughs> sort of doing the long goodbye. Did I leave my toothbrush in the? Nope, you didn't. Like, get the hell out of here. William yep. or whatever. Oh, John. Oh, he's got to go to his office. He's got to start that call. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Are you guys, oh, you're getting yeah. going? Oh, okay. Yeah. Where's the nearest gas station? You'll see a ton of them on the way out of town. You can't miss them <laughs> as you're getting on the freeway. Um, is one cheaper well, than the Nope. They're all, they usually are within a cent or two of each other. So, Walking out onto the driveway. So, yep. All right. <laughs> leaving the door open so that you can go back in with it. Leaving it apparent you're not staying out there for long. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So uh, these three showing up is the only thing that's ever happened. And it was seated in a half-hearted, half-assed way. And now it's, we're supposed to believe, oh my God, the unthinkable has happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been unthinkable because the seating of it was so weak that right. it, it never occurred to me. Sure. And the uh and the the only thing that is uh they they sort of got it under control, but he says, "What could change their mind? I could think of only one factor that was so sure, so unaffected by any decision or whim." 
the weather. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, their- I was you're expecting like uh, the Vulturi, the council that would come to decide these matters. Nope the weather (laughs) yes and sure enough a gust of wind kicks up and bella's scent fresh and immediate wafted directly into the stranger's faces which you know it's just never it's hard not to be childish when you're just talking about someone's scent uh uh you know wafting uh, right uh, into someone's face exactly yeah she smelt it and dealt it that's right um but then so that causes uh what does it cause it causes a whole bunch of crouching to happen Crouching James. and snarling, yes. yes. <laughs> James L- thrust forward Laurel. into a crouch. His mind was empty of thought besides the hunt, intent on immediate gratification. I gave him something else to think about. I crouched in front of Bella, ready to launch myself into the hunter before he could get any closer. So, yeah, the uh, the crouching is essentially like the like the pose downs from pumping iron or something. You just uh, you try to impress the other guy with your crouch. Uh, it, it would have been a, a true laugh had it gone poorly and some stitches gave way and uh <laughs> unfortunately right. the rip in my satin pants was uh we all had a good laugh and they uh they left to go up to denali right so. guess i should have laid off that last mountain lion who <laughs> switching to light blood uh here's here's laurent again uh, but she's human laurent pointed out there was still no aggression in his mind he was only baffled and frightened <laughs> These people are just, get a grip on yourselves, people. Right. <laughs> what? Ah! Ooh, human? Right. Well, yep. You can rip her apart, right? You you can, within seconds, just have her torn in shreds and squeezing the last bits of her blood out uh, like a rag, right? That's sort of what vampires do, yeah. And that's, uh, they're, they're in the vast minority, I think, of, of, the, uh, of the population here. So running into a human should not, uh, should not frighten you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so this little standoff lasts forever. I don't have a lot of uh, notes on this. Yeah. But- I mean, they just, they reveal, um, he says that, that the James elation gave way to planning, to strategy, to memory of past victories. And for the first time, I realized with dread and panic that he was no mere hunter. He's a tracker. And, uh, mm. you know, again, that is not... Uh, that's not something Bram Stoker laid out, I don't think. Um, and it hasn't been mentioned in the book, but it's the worst kind of vampire, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think we're supposed to do the, it's one of my favorite examples when the, uh, I think it's the, what's the tor- the earliest tornado movie? Is it just called Twister? Twister, yeah. Twister, where they're the, uh, the uninitiated. But the Wizard of Oz might qualify for that. Well, no, no, the... <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, the uh, yeah, I know, dig- I know digital mean, effects I ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, Wizard of Oz still beats it with that. What is it? A stocking being swirled in a... Really? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen that? Yeah, it's a yeah. weird thing where they twisted a woman's stocking. Anyway, huh. uh, when the, the uninitiated woman is sitting with the hardened trackers and she's like, is there's, there's a uh, level one tornado? What's that? You know, oh, that's light winds and blah, blah, blah. Is there a level two? And honest to God, the whole scene goes through it and then... <laughs> And she goes, well, what's an F4? And like forks hit plates and like people turn around and go, oh, God, no. So I guess that's what we're supposed to get from Tracker. Yeah. Like he was no mere hunter. He was an F4. Clink, you know. Oh, my God. No. It's no. happening. Does this, the Spielberg Hitchcock uh, rail pan in? Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. So then they, they basically, they have a sort of a pleasant talk, you know, strained conversation. Like, so you guys want to, you know, hop in at uh, first? I see you don't have any gear, so that's going to be tough. Um, <laughs> do we Did we bring our bag of stuff? No, we don't have an extra ball. Oh, okay. Well, you guys could head north then. Yeah. But no, they, then they invite him over to the house. Right. Yeah. They'd sort of That's go through the charade. Their, their master plan is to invite <laughs> them over for some pie. Uh, yeah. I, I think that they, they, they throw you a little bone to like how the rest of the book is going to work. It's more like insight into Alice's ability. It says Alice couldn't see clearly what James was doing. His path wasn't going to cross ours here, nor in the near future. She'd only seen the strangers in the clearing in the first place because they had decided to interact with us. It wasn't easy for her to see outsiders unless they were with a member of her family. James would be mostly invisible unless he decided to accost one of us. So it's just sort of that inconvenient. Uh, this is how the rules work, just because otherwise there would be no drama for the rest of the book. But I found this to be, of all the things that you could give for you know, to enhance drama, I find that this is an utter failure. Yeah. Her ability to see things is just terrible. Right. Because, it's because everything depends upon it. But at second hand, her reporting via text. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is just terrible. Right. Yeah. One letter text wire in as if, again, she's never used a text before. Oh, I mean, I guess. Is there some way where once every day or something she could use it and. Or there's got to be some way to hem it in more where it's just this sort of sloppy ad hoc. Alice, should I go to the left or go to the right? And it's actually like that. Like, oh, well, no, go to the right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how How is that enhanced drama? It's terrible. <laughs> do, do you it's remember the, confusing. Uh, the Nick Cage movie Next where he could see two minutes into the future? <laughs> yes. That had a better restriction on his ability. Yeah, I I find that to be one of the biggest just it's utter garbage it's a right. total failure she should have ripped it out root and branch from it's just not alice's power sorry I right yeah it the first time i gave it to her it's unforced it's too powerful if you allow it so these weird restrictions undercut everything yeah just terrible i have uh two sonic challenges for i guess i can do them right in a row here I they, they happen I can guess what they are too they happen pretty quickly after yep. one another uh, they're, they're, so they're headed back and Emmett is going to, uh, strap her in again, put her in her child seat. I hope it's the one facing forward or is she under 90 pounds? And so it has to be the yes. one where she's facing backwards <laughs> with her head support. There's a chance. She's probably right on the edge. Uh, strap her in. I hissed to Emmett. Okay. Strap her in. <laughs> That's. Okay, that's good. Like, yeah, I like that. Like a yeah. Slytherin or something. Um, and then, of course, you know this one. I think it's very near the end of the chapter. She snarled at me, long and loud, a disturbingly ferocious sound that echoed against the jeep's glass and pushed Bella's heart into a sprint. God. So uh, I'm assuming you're going to have to back way off yeah. the mic on this. Also, you might want to circulate a note to your neighbors real right. quick we can come back after you've done that okay we're back all right ready yes how's that uh, i'm reviewing my notes snarled at me long and loud 
Well, that was that. Was that was loud. two snarls. Those are two snor- short snarls. It had some ruff, 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 flit into it. I'll just try one longer one, and then we'll be done with this. All right, hang on. I'm check. I had uh, that was eight a- seconds long. Uh, just hang on. I purchased a Jeep's uh, glass, and I'm seeing if it's if echoing again. It is. Okay, yes. Good. Okay. Yeah. You echoed against the Jeep's glass. Well done. Okay. Well, I've got I've got some for you then. Oh well. All right. Okay. This is uh they're 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 tearing off down the line uh, back to wherever they're going. The Jeep wasn't modified for racing, but there was nothing for it. I was vaguely aware of the sound of my own voice, snarling out half articulated obscenities. But it felt distant for me, as though not under my control. Oh my! There's a lot going on there. Yeah. So he's okay, vaguely so he's he's clinically aware of the sound of his own voice, feeling distant from him, as though not under his own control, as he snarls out half articulated obscenities. And the backstory, the Bible of my characters, that I'm also worried about pushing the engine of the Jeep too much. <laughs> That's right. That's a tinge in there. That's a note. Yeah, it won't. It can't. It can't keep up. He wished he had one of his more, uh, one of their many other supercharged vehicles. All right, here we go. Half articulated obscenities. Okay, find your focus. I'll get back to that mem- sense memory when I was doing the same thing. Sure. Okay, he was in church. Okay, here we go. That's hard not to hard not to think that was what I thought of too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Um but yeah, so they, they, they drill down on the tracker one more time. It says, uh um you don't understand, I exploded. He's a tracker, Alice. Did you see that? He's a tracker. <laughs> Emmett, re- Emmett reacted more powerfully to the word than Alice did because, of course, she had seen that the moment I decided to shout it at her. We'd not had a great deal of exposure to trackers aside from stories. The most powerful of them were far away, serving in Italy. Carlyle knew one, but as he was the furthest thing from sociable, none of us had ever met Alistair. Emmett and Alice knew only new trackers as those with the talent for finding things, finding people. They didn't understand the concept in the more dynamic sense. James didn't just have a talent for finding people. Tracking was everything to him. So this is when they start just referring to him as the tracker from him on out, from here on out. But they, uh, they really just, they, they say he wants to find people. And uh, I mean, she's there. He doesn't need to find her. He can also follow the Jeep. Um, but it just makes him... They, they sort of just shift from that to being like he's a murderous psychopath who once he, you know, gets a hint of her, will never let her out of his sight and will, will do everything to kill her. It, again, though, such a bad way to uh, to uh, meet out your drama. It would be like Jurassic Park if no one had ever heard of T-Rex before. And then someone was like, what is making that sound with the, the shaking the water? And what what is that? That's oh, that's a, a T-Rex. Yeah. OK. No, no, that's a big, scary dinosaur that, uh, you know, will come after you. It, it eats people. It's going to eat an accountant who's going to tear him out of a bath. Ooh, that sounds scary. Maybe we should drive. Like, it's all backloaded. Right, yeah. Like, tracker. Yeah, trackers. You know, the best ones are in Italy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're like tomatoes or olives. And, uh, right, no, and his dad's no, no. got a 
old college buddy named Alistair who he's like, you know, he'll he'll have a couple of beers and start talking about their old times. But the kids are like, Dad, we've never met him. Quit talking about him. (laughs) So, yeah. So now we're just backloading the. uh, Okay, trust us, trackers, the worst thing that has ever been known to man. And and we're all doomed because now there's a tracker. Okay, Okay, (laughs) you might have seeded that before you started the scene with the tracker being the most important thing that we were supposed to pay attention to. Right. Yeah, because I mean, it's been a long time. You could have mentioned it early on and just uh, been like, remember that uh, 600 pages ago? And, you know, we're coming back to it, but nope. Yeah. Uh, he also says, and just keep this in mind because it comes up later, in Alice's head, I could see decades of James hunting Bella while I tried to hide her. A thousand trips, traps, and ruses. Clearly, he'd be harder to kill than Emmett imagined. Well, I had no problem being vigilant for decades. And a decade is 10 years, as Billy uh, uh, emphasized earlier in this episode. Hang on, give me a second. Ten years. <laughs> wow. Uh, one more uh, thing. What does this remind you of? This is the end of the chapter. I nodded once, a sharp jerk, to let her know that I'd accepted her role as Bella's protector. But keep your opinions to yourself, I warned. <laughs> keep your stupid comments in your pocket. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. God. Oh, our brains are poisoned. Yes. <laughs> um, that's from the room. Um, yeah, I think they sort of, they, she remains level-headed as they're all freaking out and sort of comes up with a plan that she's going to like flee to Phoenix, I think, is the, uh, distillation of the five pages of them yelling at each other. Oh God, that is, again though, and I hate to be a broken record, but terrible, right? Like, what's our plan? Well, what about if we go here? No, that won't work. Alice, check that out. Yeah. Yeah, no, probably shouldn't do that because then he'll do this and... You know, in the meantime, they're screaming down the road in a Jeep and he's muttering obscenities. But we're they're all doing the witness yelling at each other, essentially. Yes. Like. Yeah. Um, and so then they decide to split into three. And honestly, I didn't I couldn't keep track of why that made the most sense or whatever. But yeah. uh, I guess we just have to trust that it does. I don't know. Yeah, it plays out in the next chapter but i think yeah they essentially split into three uh they they act like they have edward in their car so james will follow them uh bella sets off with uh jasper and uh alice to phoenix and then the mom i think and rosie do something else i don't know uh they don't really factor into the next couple chapters but uh, this chapter ends and we can move right into chapter 23 goodbyes oh if only (laughs) uh let's see Oh, oh, here we go. She So he gives her the challenge. Like, you got to go in to your house and you have to convince Charlie that you're leaving and you just make up a reason and you have 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he says 15 minutes like 100 times. <laughs> so this must be tracker lore. Like, trackers will not attack you if you t- scream at your dad for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anything more than that, and the tracker's like, all right, I gave you the 15 minutes. Ancient tracker code, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but nope, you uh, you blew it. Um, but so she goes in and throws a big, like, fake fit and acts yeah, and stuff. Yeah, she tells Edward, like, you know, everything I'm about to say, don't pay any attention to it, and then does the, you know, the, the way you do it in a telling a dog, just leave, boy. Like, you know, you got to get out of here. Like, I don't love you anymore. You know, right. to, like, that type of thing. <laughs> uh, but Charlie's mental response was deeper, more searing than I would have expected. <laughs> that and could I just, just mean like, maybe I'm hungry. Yes. I would have given a thousand dollars if she had just wrote, huh? 
Charlie said, <laughs> and turned back to his sandwich. <laughs> but it does not say what Charlie's searing response is. It actually, then he just kind of follows her out and watches her leave. So Yeah, she sort of like reveals later that she used the same lines that her mom did when she left him. So she's very yeah. cruel and just sort of came to her a little too easily, I would say, uh, right, pinpointing yeah. exactly what would break his heart the most. Yeah, she becomes... Uh, for her love for uh, for this wan vampire, she just turns full psychopath on her beloved father uh, <laughs> immediately with no no thought at all. Not yeah. like you know. Um, but yeah, he follows them out, and they uh, they they drive off. And then I liked this. It said, "We were far enough from the house now that I could still hear Charlie's frozen thoughts, motionless in the doorway." So just remember the police chief here, like uh, the man of action <laughs> sitting there yes. frozen in the driveway going, duh, as his daughter speeds away with a vampire. Well, I'll call you in Phoenix tomorrow. Better open a can of beans. <laughs> uh, I like this, too, just as a you complained there wasn't enough description of the tracker lore, but we get this. Alice saw how the tracker would wait, how he would adapt, how he would, after the boredom set in, begin a war of attrition. Bella's friends disappearing in the night, favorite teachers, Charlie's co-workers, random humans who had no connection to her. The numbers would add up to the point where the resulting scrutiny would force us to disappear regardless. So great, great tracking job there. <laughs> He just sits in the tree outside her house and just starts killing random people. That's just murdering half the town. <laughs> Tracking the hell out of her. Oh, doesn't make any sense. I forgot this moment, though, well, during the middle of the fight, I think. Um, and this is the reference to Phil She's talking about her mom, though. She called while you were out, Charlie said, tripping over his words, rushing to get them out. Things aren't going so well in Florida. And if Phil doesn't get signed by the end of the week, they're going back to Arizona. The assistant coach of the Sidewinder said they might have a spot for another shortstop. <laughs> Why is this in the middle of this? I mean, I want this to be the book, obviously. Right. Yes, yeah, exactly. But it's a throwaway in the middle of this thing. Like, she's going, she's having an absolute conniption. She's going to leave the house, and he has to stop and go, give us a rundown of how Phil's minor league career is going. So it sounds like, I mean, it doesn't sound like he actually has a, a career. I mean, that's if he's not signed in Florida. Yeah. If you're on a minor league team, that means you are signed. Like minor league players earn, earn like 1200 bucks a month at the lowest levels, but like they're all signed. If you're trying to get signed by a minor league team, that is a, uh, uh, that you are not a minor league baseball player at that point in time. Right. That means he's standing outside the fence, like hoping to get noticed, like throwing... Yeah, like you Dennis know, like Quaid and the, throwing... the rookie or something. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but then the then the minor league team, the Tucson Sidewinders, are not going to then sign him. You have to then, uh, you know, attract the attention of the major league team. It's like, yeah, we have a contract for you. You will get five hundred dollars to go play and uh, in Tucson and sleep in an apartment with five other guys on that team. And the, I, I love this. The assistant coach of the Sidewinders said they might have a spot for another shortstop. <laughs> That's like, uh, how's the acting career going, Mike? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's good. I'm, uh, I got an audition for a soap commercial next Tuesday. <laughs> like, oh, oh, well, it sounds like it's going great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's the sort of thing where the, uh, the coach of the Sidewinders like looks up from his, you know, uh, making the lineup card and sees him is like, what? You moved across the country based on that statement? 
Oh, God, man, come on. I was obviously trying to get rid of you. Yeah, jeez. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, the, the baseball is strong in this, uh, in this uh, section. Yeah, I can't help it. That's what it's turned into. Um, I love that he makes another appearance, Mike Newton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's talking about the tracker obviously staying behind and just killing people to uh, bait her out of whatever their plan is. I had no love for Mike Newton, but neither he nor anyone else in Forks was an acceptable sacrifice. <laughs> like Newton from across the... Hey! What the? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we we had a, some bad blood in that gym basketball game, but wow. Yeah, I was just searching the internet for hot cheerleaders over here, innocently <laughs> alone. What? What do you... Come on. Uh, I also like this. This is a, a just a, a very funny thing to imagine. And this section has been full of it. Um, like Emmett was sort of like running behind them. I think to I, I, they're they're heading back to the Cullen house now. But uh, Emmett uh, is like running behind them, and then he hops into the jeep. Bella shrieked, her voice rasping with the effort. I covered her mouth, muffling the sound so she could hear me. It's Emmett, I said. And the whole section has just been been full of them, as you know, her freaking out and them being like, "Don't panic, damn it! Like, come on!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> just like the sort of thing that's like this won't necessarily calm anybody down if someone's just like yelling that at you and you know muffling your mouth, like restraining you. It's the fifties uh, cliche of the you know the big guy named Steve shaking the woman as she's <laughs> you're hysterical. You yes. got, got to get a hold of yourself. I oh, don't think thank this you. is you're helping. Really, you're really helping me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they, this whole thing of, and I don't know what else, because this is the rest of our reading, but the, uh, the, the vampires running around at top speed, it's just not a thing that, are you mentally able to picture that in an exciting way? Like, uh, he's behind us now. Now he's a half a mile off. Now he's a mile off. Yeah. Now and he's, he's like behind our car, and he's running along the ridge of the mountains to yeah. see us. Yeah, so it's sort of like, you know, yeah, he gets to sort of, uh, you know, it's like fast travel in a video game or something or, or a Indiana Jones map where they just are sort of seeing his motion. I don't know how you how you can spot him along a ridgeline, but, you know, it just boils down to that Benny Hill thing. It's bad effects and, you know, running 50 miles an hour to catch up with a Jeep is like um, you're the flash, I guess. It's just all that. Yeah. And, and again, a, just a poor choice. It didn't have to be that. And it's also, it just doesn't work on the page at all. Mm -hmm. It just is, it annoys me every time I have to think mentally, like, what does it look like to, to get to a spot where he can see him while he's hanging off the side of the house? Now Edward's scuttering <laughs> up there and putting more three in one oil in the latch so that he can sneak in. It just doesn't, it's not a thing you see, so you can't pull it up. It requires effort and it annoys me to do that. Yeah, and they, it doesn't help that they just in, introduce the restrictions and stuff like, oh, and once you get in the water, you know, then you can't see him or hear him or read his thoughts at all. So that's uh, that that comes up, you know, throughout the rest of the next chapter. Right. Uh, but so they go back to the house to get the plan going because now they have seen that James, the tracker, will never stop murdering people as trackers do. He'll follow her for decades. Yeah. And they come back to the house and. Uh, and they're just standing in an uncomfortable circle. Laurent is just hanging out there. <laughs> and I, what was the conversation like in that? It had to be an hour, right? Because they went to the house. They had the argument. They drove 15 here. minutes, yeah. The 15 minutes at the house. I'm, I'm just tallying it up. The baseball place, they had to run back to the Jeep. They had to get in the Jeep. They strapped her in. Had to make sure all the harnesses were secure and 
legally, uh, you know, up to snuff. And so uh, Laurent was just like hands in pockets, uh, jingling change, and they were standing in the living room. He's not, he can't offer them food or, you know, so it's just like, oh, are those um, double glazed windows or uh, do you get a lot of moisture coming through the, uh, you know. Is that uh is that your piano? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I just what so what are they doing? Yeah, I mean I I, I <laughs> he's he's trying probably trying to see how fast Rosie can flip through TV channels or something and then see if he can beat her. I'm not sure. All right. Well, they get back to the house and then they learn that Laurent is just I mean, he's a good egg for the most part. Right. Yep. As vampires go. He sort of gives him a little bit of intel about uh, James. Yeah, it's like, I look, I came to town. I was still drinking back then, <laughs> and I hung out with this guy, and he was he was a good dude at first. Uh, he gave me a couch to crash on, but uh, ah, he's, he's pretty whack, man, and I've sobered up, and so, yeah, I'm going to shove off. Uh, but good luck with him. He right. is a savage killer who will never stop hunting you. <laughs> Yeah, he just says he's got a brilliant mind and unparalleled sentence, senses. He's as every bit as comfortable in the human world as you seem to be, and he won't come at you head on. Don't underestimate James. I've never seen anything like him in my 300 years. He's absolutely lethal. And then uh, and then they're flashing back. They're, they're, while that's going on, he's reading everybody's thoughts, and they're having their secret conversations, and he's going... Ah, these nut jobs don't believe me. Oh, wait till uh, right, yeah. wait till James starts tearing their uh, family in half like loaves of bread. Oh well, I better get uh, better get skedaddling. Yeah, that's tracking for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I feel like that might have been in the in the in the movie, but yeah, I, and I think he might come back later, um, or maybe gets killed later. But yeah, he's just sort of. Uh, I'm not sure why he needed to be there, but. Uh, I think it's just because Victoria is the one who ends up getting revenge once they kill James. So, Oh, Vi, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I have your biggest sonic challenge yet. Oh, dear. Uh, the roar that ripped through my teeth... Oh, my God. ...was as loud as a detonation. And I'll just give you this for color. Laurent immediately slid into a submissive posture while Carlyle held his hand up. I assume Carlyle holding his own hand up, not Laurent's hand. So you've got a roar through your teeth? A roar that rips through your teeth was as loud as a detonation. So I leave you. You can choose your detonation. I would, you know, maybe the bikini atoll. I don't know. Choose your own. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and make that roar rip through your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to roar with a with gritted teeth. <laughs> oh, you that warrants a hand up. Deprive yourself of oxygen and pass out during. I know. Podcast. Yeah, my voice is already sore from the hissing in the car. Wow. Okay. Well, that was quite a detonation. Thank yeah, you. but that's that's what happens, and that causes Laurent to slide into a submissive posture. <laughs> so I'm trying, I, I guess people at home just picture what that is, and then do it. Give me right. the most submissive posture. That's like, yeah, that's a, a dog who's had dominance established over them. That you slide into. I guess <laughs> it's sort of like rounding your shoulders and then maybe putting your knees down a little and then like getting a sad face on. I'm picturing the Grinch going down the chimney. <laughs> oh, yeah, slithering. <laughs> um, well, so then we, we get one of my favorite descriptions here. 
they start like loading up the car with stuff. They it reveals they keep drums of gas around the house just in case <laughs> yes. they're they're like preppers here. Um, but so they load some of those into the car, and then it says Emmett was just coming through the front door with the large bag we kept some of our sports toys in slug over his shoulder <laughs> the bag was big enough to spit a small person bulky with equipment it looked like there already might be someone inside it so yeah that's their hockey stick bag or something and I yeah get, that was in a real or fanfic i think last week oh nice but uh, I get, so she's never played any sport like our sporting equipment are it's amazing what is it again our, our sports spor- toys sports toys <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you know the the internet loathsome thing of saying sports ball yeah Maybe that is her subtle thing. Like, look, yeah. I don't know it, and I don't, and I'm going to uh, piss all over it by pretending to know something about it. Maybe that's guess, her subtle yeah. dig. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this was a this is one of my favorite things. So part of the part of the plan is uh, so that he and Emmett and Carlisle I think are taken off without Bella, but uh, they need to pretend like she's there. So Esme handed me a wad of fabric, <laughs> socks. Bella's scent was fresh and strong. I shoved them in my pocket. <laughs> and again, her like, hey, wh- give me yours. Do you- how do yours smell? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. No, we no, were I'm- playing sports ball for, you know, hours. Yeah. He's setting up a uh, side business, sending them, selling them on eBay um, to uh, to vampires across the country. <laughs> he does not mention whether or not they had that kind of subtle corn chip smell that uh, oh god when your roommate has that and like god get your socks could you just cover up your socks so i can sleep tonight you know one guy on my uh on my freshman uh dorm room hall had just the most overpowering it was it was just unreal like there's no other way to describe it it was just you you'd go down to that room and it was just like still like you he hasn't been here all day yeah, yeah, we had we had the guy who refused to wear the socks and had the you know like old penny loafers that he got when he was twelve or something. <laughs> like, just if you put a sock on with it, then no, I don't like to wear socks. <laughs> it's like it's just like a paste of rotted flesh inside of that shoe. <laughs> there is a uh, in the corgi community the the corn chip smell of feet is something that they treasure. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Can we get a fresh take of that? I want to make sure I wasn't laughing over that. I want to get that clean. Go ahead. This is Connor Lestoka, twenty twenty. Uh, go ahead. Say the corgi again. community. They are they people. The corgi owners like smelling their their dogs' feet because they uh, they say they smell like corn chips. Um, Connor, do you like that? Smell? I've never smelled a dog's feet. They, mm-hmm. You can't get close enough at the meetups if you don't own a corgi. It's. Uh... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he's got her, her dirty socks in his pocket. They've got their sports toys bag. Um, and, uh, he says, I cradled the bag as though it contained something infinitely more precious than footballs and hockey sticks as I rushed down the front steps flanked by my brother and my father. So sports toys to the rescue. That's yes. And, and, um, yeah. And, and this throws off a tracker who's uh, one of the best. I, I, I'd put him up there with the Italian trackers that I know. That's yeah. how good he is. But he's thrown off by the socks in a bag. So, <laughs> so there yeah. you go. Yeah, it uh, doesn't, doesn't speak well of, of James. I, I cannot imagine Alistair would have, been, would have been fooled by this garbage. James in the movie we had some sport with, right? Wasn't he? He was sort of a wan. Yeah, he had sort he, of he, a... Not a very physically impressive character. I mean, you know. Yeah, he had a... I don't know, sort of like a, 
late nineties new metal look about him. He had a, he had a yeah. ponytail and just had like a. I mean, yeah, I don't want to insult the guy, but wasn't a wasn't a. Yeah, not imposing and, and not super like intimidating. Like you, you, know, you would almost get in a bar fight with him, but then you'd go like, "I'm not going to." You know, what if he pulls a knife? I'm not going to try to teach <laughs> yeah. this guy a lesson. He's yeah. pretty annoying, but yeah, uh, he could he could have a, another gear with uh, not having much to lose type of thing. But he was definitely a casting from the point of view of this movie's not going to be very successful. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter who we cast as James here. And was. Uh, Opie's daughter was she the uh, red haired was she Vi? You know, I, 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 I thought this. I thought the same thing. I think they might have recast her once the movies got more successful. Okay, I, I, that, right. that's something that 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 made I thought about. Um, I don't think she was in the first movie though. Okay, uh, that's all I have for twenty three. Yeah, um, me too. Okay, I'm on to twenty four. Ambush. Ambush. All um, right. So this mostly deals with them. Uh, you know, leading James off the scent um, and driving up to like Canada, essentially. Yes, and it's about stopping in for gas, <laughs> uh, seeing the sights, thinking about, and and then just a lot of texting with Alice. Mm-hmm. Hey, check out if uh, if we take the we take the I fifty here, um, <laughs> and we head uh, west. Are we going to hit, you know, the place that has the twine ball or can we hit the corn palace up and still make it north? And she'll text back like, yep. And so then they'll do that. And that's I want to see the biggest twine ball, but not in terms of circumference. I want to see the one that weighs the most. And I know there's competing ones out there. So guide us in the right direction, Alice. Right. The most important text they send is early on when he whispers instructions to Carlisle. It probably wasn't necessary, but it made me feel better. Bella needs to eat at least three times every 24-hour period. Hydration is important. She should have water on hand, ideally eight hours of sleep. Which, like, I mean, you know, we've said it before, but they're really leaning into the the humans type of thing. Like, And the the doctor who who treats people in the community every day might have been able to pass that message along as well. Yes. And and also, I... uh... Look, I, I left the, there's a dry bag of food uh, that I have in the closet, but I bought that first and she didn't like that. And she was, you know, she would sort of paw around it and eat it, but then she stopped eating it. So just open the canned stuff. It's fine. Don't try to stir it in with the dry stuff. Just, uh, you know, let her have a full can of the wet right. stuff. This is an important time. Right. And D, you give her her deworming uh, pills, um, wrap them in cheese. So she, uh, you might have to rub her throat. Yes. <laughs> And he's actually texting this off. He's like, oh, okay, I think I got it. I'll, right. I'll write it down and put it on the refrigerator. Um, and this also struck me as very funny. He knew little about us, but he knew this much. We had more physical assets available to us than the average nomad. Also, we were many. Perhaps he would imagine even more allies waiting for us in the forest to the north. And I had considered running toward Tanya's family. I was sure they would help. Kate, particularly, would be an excellent addition to our hunting team. Which, I mean, I had I had just been thinking that. So I was glad that, like, we were on the same page there. That uh, that Kate might be someone they should consider looping in. Oh, I had, uh, you know, I, there were fingernails in the book, which I was biting off. Little slivers of fingernail. And I was writing in the margins, like, Kate, 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 get to Kate. <laughs> right. So then when it came up, like, oh. 
Yes, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who the hell is Kate? She, I, I did look. She is mentioned one time in that first, like, second chapter where he went to Denali. And, like, he talks to Tanya. And she gives off some sort of, like, she tosses off, like, oh, Kate is off, you know, hunting seals or something. Uh, and then we, we get this. And I love, again, the ad hoc nature of drama. The tracker might take one look at the five of them and break for the ocean. All he'd need to do to disappear was submerge. It was impossible to track someone underwater. And he could come out anywhere, five miles down the beach or in Japan. <laughs> We'd never be able to follow. So thank you for this information now that we're in the middle of the scene of the uh, tracker and we're supposed to be fully engaged in this. They're right. just like putting another patch on the tracker. Oh, by the way, he can't go in the ocean or it's over. Right. Uh, oh, great. Okay, got that. All right. It's like she's doling out information to us like he is about Bella's eating and drinking habits. That's right. But, but uh, the, uh, the tracker is, is evidently having a great time as he's chasing after them. It says, the tracker ran on tireless and from the little I could hear, enjoying himself immensely. So I'm just imagining him like whistling and like singing like Valdery, Valdera as he's running along these mountain ridgelines. Right, but it's only coming in, like he says that, so the tracker has guessed at his talent, oh, which yeah. just strikes me as bullshit. Yes, I mean, yeah, right. Don't, what are you talking about? He guessed that we all had talents, and he was probably right or something like that, he said. So he's staying out of radio range, which he knows what it is. So I guess it's like having the Enigma machine, but not being able to use it in a way that exposes that you have the Enigma machine or something. So he's just outside of radio range. And yeah, he's all happy. Like, boy, I'm the greatest time. So, this has just been a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, look at those trees. This is so great. I guess that's how it's working. Okay. And Edward's I got to come back here him. with Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I don't so, but and we've seen that all their talents are unique and based on something that they amplified in their life. So it would be like you know if Magneto is is fleeing you know the X Men who he's just met for the first time and he's like looking back and being like, all right, I think I figured it out. That guy can shoot claws out of his hands. <laughs> yes. Uh, fella with the uh, with the tail can can teleport. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's very stupid. I hope none of them has the power to trick me by taking socks that have someone's <laughs> odor on them and driving them across country to Canada, because that power would undo me, James the Tracker. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, but then I guess they do. Um, they do like at some point in time reveal that he's not there. I forget. I forget how that worked. That he's not there. That, that Bella's not there. Like, he's he's tracking them because they he thinks Bella is in the bag of sports toys. Yes, yes. And he, and so that's, uh, Edward keeps doing things like, I'm taking a right instead of going up the, so I'm doing something unusual to keep him on the hook. Because mm -hmm. now he's going to wonder what I'm doing. Um, but then, uh, then he jumps into a lake or yes. whatever. But before that, we do get this accurate description of what's going on here. There was nothing more, no clues. She and Carlisle exchanged pained I love yous, and then we were back to the mind-numbing chase. So, yep, that is, you've accurately described what you are conveying. Here. Yep, that, that little minutes of honesty, just like when it says, nothing to gain from watching Billy's three-page memory. Yes. Uh, this was good, too. Uh, as the time passed, I got nervous. 
The sun was closer to the western horizon than the eastern. We'd done nothing interesting but stopped to refuel a few times. Okay. Uh, always leaving hints of Bella's scent. But would this long run bore him? Would he be willing to follow for potentially days and days through the northern territories and into the Arctic Circle? And I will refer you to not 20 pages ago. In Alice's head, I could see decades of James hunting Bella while I tried to hide her. A thousand different traps and ruses. So he's now, he's seen that future of decades, which we know means 10 years. And now he's nervous that James might get, uh, get bored after a day or two of this. <laughs> Be consistent for the love of God. Oh, God. But then it all leads to this. So they check back in with Alice. Like, where is this all going? Um, he is headed to a room somewhere. No clues to the location, but it was unusual. Mirrors covering the walls. A gold band around the middle of the room like a chair rail. Mostly <laughs> empty, but for one corner with an old AV setup. There was another room, too, a dark room, but all I could see was that he was watching VHS tapes. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> so... The tracker is like headed to a hotel room to watch Uncle Buck and Scream yeah. Two, or what? What is happening? Yeah, they've got a copy of Good Burger or something. It's <laughs> it's like a very crappy Airbnb or something that they 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 advertise that as one of the perks. And look, this variable seeing into the future bullshit can't entail <laughs> saying uh, mirrors covering the walls, a gold band around the middle of the room, like a chair rail. So is it a chair rail? Why are you suddenly What unable? the hell is a chair rail? I think she's talking about like a like some sort of a ballroom, you know, with a like a ballet you know, thing? Yeah, with those rails so you don't bump against the wall, your God. chair backs, like a buffet room or something. Uh, but like, come on. You, yeah. Uh, this level of de- he's got a VHS machine. Do, does it have the the tracking feature on it? Well, no, it's got auto tracking. Oh, okay. And <laughs> there's an all sort of gold. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The lack of VHS uh, descriptors is a is a damn damn shame. Um, but this is we have we have skipped over the most important and shocking thing to me. They get closer to him and it says, all I could smell was exhaust, gasoline. I felt sick as I realized what I hadn't seen at first. With a low oath, I darted out of the shed and vaulted over the tall brambles. Emmett and Carlyle followed back on high alert after these stupefying hours of failure. And there on the other side was a long line of flattened dirt, rolled as smooth as possible, about 200 feet wide, stretching at least a mile to the west. It was a private airstrip. I'd been too focused on the water escape. There was an air escape too. So we have vampire hijackers. James has taken off in a plane. Yes. It's, uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, he's putting on goggles and, and flying off like the Red Baron. But, and then he, he chastises himself for not seeing this. Like, you've driven 4,000 miles across country. A lot of things could have happened. I don't understand <laughs> what... What does this mean exactly? And then they're like, well, is he headed back to Forks? So so this was all his ruse, but like who's laughing at who? I, it, it doesn't make any dramatic sense at all. Well, he didn't read James's thought of saying like, by the way, I know how to fly small aircraft. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I mean, and so evidently James has, has taken lessons like this. He's put in, you know, hundreds of hours of, of flight training, like, 
you what do you think you'd be able to do if you just hopped in a <laughs> hopped in a uh, small Cessna and uh, we're like you know life depends on you getting this in the air. <laughs> but when back when he was in uh, Italy learning from the best, yeah, they said you better get some. Uh... Better get your flight uh, clearance as well because it's, it's important. It's crazy. But was he was he luring them to like? Oh, they're going this way. I'm just going to head over. I know they're like. Did he have a map of all the airfields in the area <laughs> in his head, and this was all his trick, or did he just? It was just a crime of opportunity. Like, oh, they're they're tricking me. Oh, there's an airfield. Yeah, I think it was just sort of like barging through, uh, you know, farmers' fields and. That type of thing, like running through walls, like the Kool Aid Man, and just a, he eventually comes into the uh, comes into a airstrip and decides he's going to fly it to go watch VHS tape somewhere. Okay, so he did just decide that he was genuinely fooled. This wasn't like a double cross. Like I'm going to make them. I know they're carrying a bag of socks, but I'm going to make them drive to a spot where I'm going to get in an airplane and fly back to Forks or whatever. If only we had some insight into James's inner monologue, we might have been able yeah, to know that's that. That's true. But- Unfortunately, that is not built into the story. Uh, let me uh, ask you this and, and our listeners. Can you picture this? He calls Bella and he's like, can I just let me talk to her? And we get this. So this is through the sat phones. I could hear Bella's feet thudding as she ran awkwardly across the room. <laughs> if I hadn't been so demoralized, I would have smiled. So what? What? what is her problem? Uh, I... Maybe she misses her socks. I, that was her only pair. She awkwardly ran across the room. So the sat phone is picking up something. Like, again, she has got to get to a doctor. What is happening? She can't run without making sounds that are very distinctive over 3,000 miles of sat phone Maybe communications. Maybe she has, like, no toes on her foot, like the NFL kicker Tom Dempsey, who used to be the uh, <laughs> record holder for the longest field goal. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, we really, you're playing to your crowd here with Tom Dempsey references. <laughs> He's like 70s, right? He died in April. I just had to look him up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he was in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a, they must have done something to the ball, but that was, you know, growing up, that was something that you knew about if you read your sports uh, illustrated for kids. Sure. Um. So he goes, so they go back. So it fails because... James knows how to fly. Yep. And so they run back. So I forget what they do with the, what, what do they do with the Jeep? Oh, I don't, I don't care. They I don't torch know. It, it probably, or something? They probably like needed to change the, you know, the timing belt with as far as they drove it. That's true. So they, they leave that on the side of the road. I don't know, papers, is it traceable? Who knows? And they run back. And then during that time, like everyone's been tracking the redhead Mm-hmm. So the, it's all just the drama is just scattered all over the place. Yeah, it's all off camera. So he comes back, and then his first thing is he follows. I ran east following the redhead's trail. I wouldn't mind cornering her, but her scent only led into the Puget Sound. She wasn't taking any chances. Okay. Okay. Next next paragraph. I swept the familiar Olympic Park on my way back to Charlie's just to see if the redhead had gone anywhere interesting. (laughs) But she seemed to have made a beeline for the sound. She wasn't the type to risk a confrontation. (laughs) Those were concurrent paragraphs. (laughs) Yeah. I guess she's been so spare with her words to now she's owed uh, this indulgence. indulgence. Yeah. (laughs) That's like two different versions of the same thing where you debate which one to keep in. 
it's obviously should have been struck. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's anyway. like, uh, you know, you listen to some of Bob Dylan's bootleg series and you're like, oh, that's fascinating. He sort of, he had, he used to tell this one from like a third person perspective and then tangled up in blue ended up being first person type of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But this is not uh, the, the Stephanie Meyer bootleg series uh, <laughs> no. is not, uh, not as interesting. Uh, so anyway, they're, they're all, so that was all just a big red herring driving way up to Canada. Yeah, just to have a, to have a vampire fighting ace. But, and, uh, and nothing happens. And well, so they, we're back. Just Bella has driven home. to, yeah, she's driven to Phoenix with uh, two of the other vampires. And Alice calls and says, now they realize that James is coming to Phoenix. Um, and she says, it, it, it was too far to make running an efficient option. We'd have to fly. And a big plane was the fastest way. And she says, uh, the first flight to Phoenix leaves at 640. You'll need to cover up. It's ludicrously sunny here. So it sounds like it's uh, it's sort of like Seville. <laughs> yes. the, the, the cruel sun. <laughs> Beating down. <laughs> Punishing everyone stupid enough to live in Seville. <laughs> well, it is accurate. If you've ever been to Phoenix, I was like, my God, this is... April and it's like you know skittering like bugs from uh, shady spot to shady spot. I was in a, a wedding when I was a young man, and the uh, the uh, mother of the groom, no, the mother of the bride, so she had even more power. Was like, I want all the guys out on this this veranda that was like white cement, and it was noon, you know, and the sun was just beating down, and you could not hold your eyes open because of the reflection off of this sort of sparkly white. And so all of us were wearing sunglasses. She's like, no, 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 guys, sunglasses off. And we're, we're all going, seriously, my retinas are being burned. And, but she made us do it. So we did it. And, and I had the, the phantom image on my eyes for days. Wow. I, I, I think she seriously has ruined my, but eventually I, uh, I got rid of it, but it was, it was scary. I was wow. like, I'm, I'm destroyed. All right. Well, ludicrously sunny might be an accurate way to, to put it. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right, so wow. they're headed to they're headed to Phoenix. Boy, that's that's exciting. And James is what's the airport there that he goes into with that small plane of his? <laughs> that's a very good question. Phoenix has a like Sky Harbor is the name of their airport. Something really stupid. So they might be uh, maybe there's a, uh, a a small aircraft section of that. Um, did he have to? What about refueling and all of that? Does he have to? Uh, maybe he also keeps drums of fuel around his uh, VHS. Um, place. So is he? So he's going to Phoenix. Is that where the VHS gold chair rest place is? Uh, unclear. Unclear. Okay. Okay. A tantalizing mystery, I would say. Okay. Um, but yeah, he. So, but back to your theory of him having cans of gasoline, though. But do you, so you think this was a safe, safe house style uh, air airport that he had set up there in Canada? I mean, you know, you you don't get to be the second greatest tracker in the world only to Alistair without having some sort of, uh, you know, all-encompassing plan. All right. Well, true enough. Well, thank you, folks. Stay tuned to see whether or not uh, James... I mean, we're not done with this episode. I'm, no, not yeah. leading us, I'm not leading us towards the end. I'm just saying, plot-wise, stay tuned to see whether uh, James, you know, lands it at the small place or whether he looks for clearance from the big airport and comes in. <laughs> loud and proud um yeah well we're gonna finish the book for next time and uh, that's a just a relief to say to just to say i mean it's uh it's gonna be about the same number of pages as all these other ones have been so that worked out well i am awaiting it 
Uh, I can't wait to move on. But uh, in the meantime, we do have some people who have written in some emails, which I think we should cover. All right. Before before we get to that, we'll yeah. play it in a second. I can see the future of me reading the end of this book, and it's me in a room with a gold band around it watching VHS tapes and <laughs> not reading the book. So that's my future. But uh, no, no, I'll do what I can. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, let's do some. Uh, We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dance. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. All right, take it away. I was just looking to see if the actual movie Twilight was available on VHS. It does not appear that it is, but there is a movie called Twilight uh, with Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, and Gene Hackman from 1998 available on VHS. Oh, that was the time when Gene Hackman was required to be in everything. (laughs) Top review says... uh, uh, five stars, an excellent period piece. I'm not one to dismiss a movie just because of gratuitous nudity, and gratuitous nudity we get right off the bat. Top frontal backside swimming pool style, a young Reese Witherspoon, and a nicely preserved Susan Sarandon. Both, oh, both great. Sarandon might be employing a body double, but I choose to believe it's her. Reese Witherspoon, oh, definitely God. her. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. <laughs> That's, I'm uh, going to say that to uh, to as a compliment to as many women as I can. Nicely preserved. <laughs> right, yes. See how that works out for me. 21 people found that review helpful. <sighs> um, all right, so yeah, we have some emails from people. This one is from Laurel. She says, I just got done listening to the most recent episode, and I was delighted to hear Mike read off the names of the Malt O'Meal knockoff cereals. <laughs> My company worked for them. And we actually came up with the name Blueberry Muffin Tops, as well as Cinnamon Toasters. Nice. She says, yes, naming products is an actual job. I'd wish we'd done Marshmallow Mazies because that name slaps. Also, I wrote a peer-reviewed paper about the names of knockoff Coke and Dr. Pepper brands. I can confidently say I'm one of the world's foremost experts in Dr. Pepper knockoff brand names, and I named one of them as well. Are you ready? It's Dr. Bob. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she links to the uh, Dr. Bob page on the Soder Lovers Wiki. Um, so it is the uh, giant uh, Bilo Tops Market, uh, Dr. Pepper. And she says, your pal in naming Laurel. Oh, wow. See, this is exactly what I, I looked up and I did not find a satisfying website that collected all of the knockoff soda brands, which <laughs> of which there are hundreds. So if she could point us to just a, our one source, our facts king for... Uh, for knockoff sodas, that would be great. Yeah, that might be this one. Of, uh, I mean, this this appears to have lots of knockoffs. Freeway it's just Cola, this soda, soda wiki, soda dash lovers wiki dot fandom dot com. Okay, all right. But yeah, I'm seeing right. yeah, Mountain Holler, Doctor Fiesta, Doctor Pop. Oh, okay. So it does have all. I thought it was, but it's, it's only focused on the doctors. It's not right. Yeah, this does not seem to be all encompassing. Unfortunately, it has. Okay, like, all know. right. Um, anyway, uh, we got this email from Josh. It just said, uh, all lowercase, hell of a rig. And then four minutes later, we got another email that said, sorry, please ignore. I thought I was using the search function. <laughs> 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 so the, uh, the, 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 the saga of what played out there, we'll left to, we're left to, to wonder about. Oh, that is good. That is much more tantalizing than anything we read in this book. Yeah. 
another Josh wrote in said, I'm old at heart, so I use DuckDuckGo to search for what a group of butterflies is called. One of the top search results confirmed what I was certain I had heard years ago. A group of butterflies can indeed be called a kaleidoscope. Oh. So I guess we gave people some bad information. Uh, Lucas, who did uh, did the uh, posters for our show and the um, Chuck at Rig Cow um, paintings and stuff, also sent me a, like a shirt that his wife had i think or maybe it was a, a a clothing for their daughter that said kaleidoscope of butterflies so i guess it's it's quite established and well known so whoever wrote hmm. us in the last time claiming it was a hoax can uh, can go to hell Ooh, strong words uh kaleidoscope seems very precious right yeah well, i guess it's no more than a murder of crows or something That's- yeah they linked to a page that had a lot of other um things like that and it does seem like uh people have I don't know if naturalists come up with those or something, but they are getting very precious with their um, collective nouns for animals. Mm, I disapprove. We already have a thing. It's called a group of. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just like saying said. You can use that just fine. Uh, Here is from Dustin. He says, I'm in a UX design course, and I had to read a section about creating systems that give feedback to the user. I thought this adds an interesting view on how most of your authors allow time to pass in their books. These are categories of how users see delay. So I think he's talking about, you know, when Ernest Klein said, we walked down the hallway in silence for several minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, uh, Shatner uh, Goulart would say, like, he stopped for exactly 12 seconds or something. Yeah, I he stared says, for what had to be a full minute. You know, yes, yeah. exactly. He says, immediate, when a product or service responds in 0.1 seconds or less, the user considers the response immediate and considers the tax with no perceived interruption. Stammer, if a product or service takes 0.12 seconds to one second to respond, users will notice a delay. Interruption, after a second of no response, users will feel that the task they were doing was interrupted. And disruption, if a delay of more than 10 seconds occurs, users will consider the task at hand completely disrupted. So um, I think everything we've ever had has been a complete disruption of the process um, from all these books. Yep, you people would have either walked away or considered it over in almost every case, yes. This one is from Hayden. He suggests that uh, your irritation, uh, it's possible that Bella's frequent blushing is a result of her having auto-brewery syndrome. Do you know what that is? I had not considered that, but I'm willing to listen. So that's where your gut has some sort of bacteria in it that uh, turns carbohydrates into alcohol in your stomach so he's suggesting maybe she is just drunk all the time it would explain a lot um, from that oh so she's just a uh, a red nose as they used to call them yeah and that would explain the uh, the clumsiness too that very yes there you go <laughs> uh and the last one ijc said in the wake of other people sharing stories of how they associate 372 with unpleasant experiences Uh, We had the dental experiences in the past couple of episodes. I thought I'd share my own similar tale. About two years ago, I just started listening to the podcast and was binging every episode. I caught a very bad cold that persisted for weeks, and I coughed so hard I pulled a muscle in my side. While it was nice to have 372 as a distraction, I don't know if my constant laughter at the adventures of Jake Cardigan and Titus Uno helped or hurt my painful side. I also remember waiting at the doctor while explaining the podcast to my mom by saying, it's like the book version of Manos and Birdemic. Bottom line, I'm glad that I had you guys to get me through hard times. Oh, so, I hope there's full recovery after that. Yeah, it, it sounds so. Maybe uh, the side you pulled the muscle on would be a good space for a uh, Titus Uno tattoo. Uh, just just a suggestion. 
Mm, what would that? Well, it can, it's Titus, open to interpretation. CPA, FCPA, GCMA, whatever it was. That was just those letters that would confuse people. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for emailing people. Um, why don't we finish up with our dumb sentences of the week? A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period. Well, some, somehow we'll sift through this and manage maybe to find a dumb sentence or two. Hard to say. There might be a couple out there. Uh, right off the bat, this is one is uh, from Jim and Steve. I noted it as well, but it was, could a dead heart break? Which, yeah, just revolting. Uh, this was from Justine. I almost gave this to you as a sonic challenge, but I feel the time has passed. I growled a string of archaic curses in her direction. And yeah, so that that's I don't know if that's just like a that that's also sort of Ralphian or Mr. Burnsian curses. Well, I, I guess archaic. I, I, maybe there's a way like an old prospector would insult you. They wouldn't make any sense to you, you mm-hmm. know, like a mule thief or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, look, you, how dare you? Yeah, you're lower than a snake in a wagon wheel ditch. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, this one is from Joe. It says. She frowned and started to roll her eyes, but the expression got stuck mid-roll. Which I hadn't noticed, but I mean that sounds like uh, that sounds like you're like on a Zoom call where you freeze up or something. Yeah, that again requires a t- medical attention, right? If you cross your eyes, they'll stay that way. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, this one is from Ben. It felt more satisfying than I would have thought to say the words "She'll be safe with me." I promise, sir. And be confident that they were true. And he said, we've been told for the past 400 pages how badly he wants to murder her and how afraid of him she should be. What has changed now? <laughs> right. And he's, he sees the futures where she's drained of blood. Like that's those outnumber the safe ones by a factor of a thousand, right? Yeah. He's suppressing every urge in his body. Um, but, you know, uh, if the wind shifts, that might change on the drop. Right. The weather. <laughs> uh, this one is from Paige. If our covens could get along with each other, then we could get along with his. And so she mm. said, I had to read this three times and still couldn't <laughs> figure it out. They're talking about two covens, right? So it's it's Lawrence and, uh, and uh, the Cullens. This yeah. implies a third. If you add the word coven to the end, then it just it becomes a loop of insanity. If our covens could get along with each other, then we could get along with his coven. So, oh wow! Wait, yeah, so Bob, there are only two, uh, yeah. If yeah. our if it's him, they're in the in the baseball meadow, the play place. If our covens could get along with each other, then we could get along with his. Although, I mean, because they're not considering themselves separate covens inside the Cullen family. I don't know. Oh wow! Not worth you know diagram yeah, because yeah. clearly she just screwed something up. So, oh, that hurts. Yeah, Justin submitted. Maybe we should just stay. He said, not stupid on its own, but in context, this is the narrator speaking in present tense for the first time in the book. He immediately returns to past tense after this amateur. I looked it up. I verified. That is correct. It's very strange. Oh, wow. Where Where is that? Uh, I think it's as they're driving. Um, they're fleeing the play place in the car. Mm-hmm. It's at the start of one of the chapters. It just, you know, uh, he, he lapses into sort of a present tense uh, thought to himself or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, I should also add that uh, all these, a lot of these dumb sentences and emails come from our Patreon supporters, and uh, that's on patreon.com slash 372 pages, and 
you know, we've got this big Ready Player Two book coming up. People are very excited. If you want to uh, read that in real time, Patreon supporters get access to every episode early. So uh, hop on there. Next one is from Colin. He says, I nodded once and a huge grin split his face. That's another uh, <laughs> another weird one, another weird facial expression. This one is from Mike. By the time the strangers entered the clearing, their faces were already so well-known to me that it felt as though I were recognizing them rather than seeing them for the first time. He says, that's because, regardless of how you saw them, you were recognizing them, not seeing them for the first time. Uh, this one is from Jacob. Hmm, suspicious. I wonder if he knows mm. he's a werewolf or not. He says, her warmth in my arms was quicksand, and I wanted to drown in it never to pull free. <laughs> it's like you get so much just like you forget that these are just like romance novels at their hearts and so when they, when stuff like that shows up it's very very jarring Amanda submitted the noise of playing vampires was a very specific sound Andrew submitted automatically I tucked my bottle cap into the pockets of my new jeans and he I, I thought this as well he said when was the last time this bottle cap was mentioned it feels like it's been at least a hundred pages <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, and yeah, I don't know if that was just a soda he opened for her. Um, Augusta submitted, I let my fingers trail across her collarbones once before I settled into my seat and started the engine. He says, this is, or they said, this is a bizarre sequence of actions that I doubt any human has ever performed. Leave it to the Volvo driving vampire with a collarbone fetish, I guess. And then Lucas said, uh, this is uh, Carlisle introducing himself to the other coven or perhaps two covens. This is my family, comma, Emmett and Jasper, semicolon, Rosalie, comma, Esme, comma, and Alice, semicolon, Edward and Bella. He said, why on earth did he list his family this way? Why did he split them into three groups? There is no logic to the way the groups are arranged. Why do something simple as Carlisle saying the names of his family have to be weird and annoying? <laughs> <laughs> Very good question. What do you have? Oh, burnt. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I have two that weren't burnt. Okay, great. This is, this is a long one. As much as I would have loved to get out of the truck and stalk up to the helpless duo to lean over them, intimidating close enough that all the little signs of what it would feel like they were screaming at the old man to bare my teeth and snarl a warning in a voice that would sound anything but human to watch his hair stand on end and hear his heart splutter with panic... I knew it was a bad idea. <laughs> so that's him yeah, debating not to do that to uh, the old man in the wheelchair. And the other one I had was uh, just, just the one that was shorter, but just as stupid. It's not that hard to find a phone book. I growled. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Oh, I think that's in reference to the tracker. Ha, yeah. About going is. to Phoenix, like that he's got a, he lands the plane. Uh, right, he tethers it to the little chain on the. He ties the to, down to the wind chains. Mm-hmm. He he says to uh, you know Sparky, the guy who runs the <laughs> take take good care of her, Sparky. Right? Slaps hey, is there the a back. phone booth around here? There sure is, Mister Tracker. It's right over there. And then he goes over to the phone booth and he opens up the uh, the uh, phone book. And yeah, the ones that are chained and, to it with those like hard covers on them. Yep, and the page has not been ripped out, and his finger moves down, and he says, Bella Swan, and he goes, okay, done. (laughs) Yeah, so it isn't that hard. Uh, That's it, I guess. That is it. All right, uh, one more, people. Let's finish it. Yeah, get her done. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, thank you for, for hanging around this long. 
All right. This is uh, 372 pages. We'll never get back. Michael J. Nelson on Connor this end. Connor on this end. So long. Bye.